again for them boys from 607 podcast to talk all things pro wrestling it's time for this week's edition of 607 tws and yes we are back live on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast yeah and of course we are from wherever you get great podcasts by searching 607 tws as always, we are coming to you live from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am one of your hosts here on 67 Podcasts on Twitch. I'm also the host of the Three Fat Nerds Podcast. My name is Rich. And joining me as he does each and every week here, he's the other host here at 607 Podcasts on Twitch. But you better know him as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? Let's talk some pro wrestling, shall we? That is right. It is time to talk pro wrestling, but I guess let's open the show with some somber news Yeah, because it's the elephant in the room, and before we can go any further, I, I believe this is what we need to do. Uh, of course, as most people found out yesterday, which was Sunday, uh, Scott Hall, who was in the hospital to have a uh, hip surgery, he broke his hip mm. during the surgery. Some after the surgery, something went wrong. There was allegedly, because I don't know the exact, but there was allegedly a blood clot issue that caused him to allegedly have three heart attacks, yeah. pretty much back to back to back, which then put him on life support. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found this out on Sunday. Of course, prayers for. For, you know, T's and P's, if you will. Yeah. For uh, Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, went out. And, of course, this morning, and I can't read it because I'm not going to make myself cry on air like I did this morning. Mm-hmm. This morning, we found out how dire it really was from his best friend, Big Sexy Kevin Nash. As uh, you could tell, it's not good. Uh, everybody around uh, the Hall camp, friends and family, we're basically saying, hey, the family, after they all get here, are going to take him off life support, and it's going to be what it's going to be. It's either going to be he's going to kick out at two and three quarters and uh, and make it, or, you know, this is going to be the end of the road. And unfortunately, just 10 minutes before we went on air, it was confirmed that at the age of 63, uh, Scott Hall, also known as Razor Ramon has passed away. Uh, very sad news mm-hmm. on this uh, uh, wrestling day. I mean, there's times that you love to be live, and there's times that 10 minutes after something like this, you hate to be live. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping, praying, not just for Scott Hall, but that we didn't have to have this discussion. Yeah. Uh, but thoughts and prayers, of course, still. T's and P's, if you will, mm-hmm. so nobody gets offended out there. To... Uh, Scott Hall's uh, family, friends, and fans. Um, if you're not familiar with Scott Hall's work, 
maybe you're one of our younger listeners, which we have, and you've only heard things about Scott Hall, or you've only seen some of the videos, it will never do justice to one of the best big men in the business. He broke out on the scene in the 1980s as big Scott Hall over in the AWA teaming, and one of some of his most success, teaming with Kurt Hennig, known to WWE fans as Mr. Perfect, mm-hmm. becoming the AWA World Tag Team Champions. He would then go over to World Championship Wrestling, where, amongst other gimmicks, probably most notably known as the Diamond Stud right. in Diamond Dallas Page's Diamond Mine, before kind of pulling what okay, following his friend Kevin Nash's footsteps there. For well, he came over before, but uh, Kevin Nash and this asked but leading the way by asking for a release to sign with World Wrestling Entertainment, where the Razor Ramon gimmick probably what he's best known for until the NWO, of course, was was given upon us by the wrestling gods, if you will, performed perfectly by Scott Hall, who always made the joke that Vince McMahon never watched movies because he didn't know what Scarface was mm-hmm. and didn't know that that's where Razor got his gimmick. Yeah. Uh, of course, coming to the ring, as we all know, he was uh, dripping with machismo. Oozing machismo. Oozing machismo. Wearing all the gold, chewing on the toothpick that he would then, when he was a heel, and sometimes when he was a face, yeah. throw in his opponent's face. Uh, Razor went on to be, at the time, an unprecedented six-time Intercontinental Champion. Mm-hmm. He won the tag team golds with a few different partners and was probably, in most people's estimations, the one of, if not the greatest wrestler to never be WWE World's Heavyweight Champion or at the time WWF. Absolutely fact. Next up, of course, he was the man who changed wrestling forever alongside Kevin Nash, but he was the first shot because, as we all remember, that Monday night in 1996 when, through the crowd, Razor Ramon walked through a WCW crowd, entered a ring while a match was going on. The match just stops, and he utters the most famous words in wrestling history. You know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. What a moment in wrestling. And from then on, Kevin Nash would come over to start what changed professional wrestling forever, the New World Order, better known as the NWO. Scott Hall would have some success in tag matches as the Outsiders. Him and Kevin Nash would win multiple WCW tag titles. Uh, Also, Scott would become a WCW World Television Champion and a WCW United States Champion. Unfortunately, that was where the Demons first entered the realm of Scott Hall, well, when it became a problem, I should mm-hmm. say, was in WCW. And then later on, he made a brief couple of appearances in ECW, which most people don't know, Right before both companies were shut down. And he would make a couple stints in TNA before finally, thankfully, by reaching out from his old friend Diamond Dallas Page, who had, had taken in Jake the Snake as well, took in Scott, got him the surgeries he needed, got him healthy, got him clean. And then we get to see... Probably the best version of Scott Hall ever. Not be, not the version of the ring, because the version of the ring was already there. Sure. Now, as obviously a two-time WWE Hall of Famer, went in as Razor Ramon, has gone in also as Scott Hall as part of the NWO. And on top of that, uh, he became an inspiration to a lot of young wrestlers out there in the Indies, and you hear these stories. And I know a lot of them, some, some of them actually very personally, where Scott would go to companies and when a young wrestler, because that's usually the thing in independence, young wrestler comes, picks you up, 
It takes you everywhere you got to go, the venue, anywhere else you want to go. Scott would pay for their meals, would pay for gas, pay for snacks, and just talk and find out what the kid, you know, what his goal in wrestling was and help them as best as they could. And he would always give the same answer. When I was coming, when the kids would say, thank you, but I can't repay you. He said, you know how you repay me? When I was coming up, the veterans, they would take me to dinner. They would pay for my food. They would pay for my beverages. They would give me knowledge. And my repayment was to do the same to this generation. So now when you get to the point where you're the veteran, you should bring in the young guys, take them to dinner, give them the jewels. Mm -hmm. Very much into forwarding wrestling. And this is coming from him and Kevin Nash, who also about forwarding wrestling, who at one point in juncture, of course, got everybody paid, got everybody the guaranteed contracts, you know, revolutionized the business, not just with the gimmick and the NWO with Eric Bischoff and Hogan and everything else that went into that gimmick when it first came out. But they revolutionized the business behind the scenes where the boys weren't just getting paid for appearances and paid bonuses. They were getting paid guaranteed money and good money. And that was part of what Scott Hall and Kevin Nash did for the business. Most famously, I like to always quote, uh, Scott Hall would quote, I can't remember, I can't remember if it was Wahoo or who it was, but he always quote that there's only two things that are real in the wrestling business, the miles and the money. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Kevin Nash would say, and this I do know is Wahoo McDaniels, Kevin Nash would always say, always, that uh, you can make friends or you can make money. He's like, I already got the best friends a guy can have. I'm making money. So, I mean, when you heard those stories, you wouldn't think that these guys would be the guys who would go in with these young wrestlers and and, and, and help them in the business, but yet... Not just Kevin Nash, but also Scott Hall, of course, who we're remembering today, would then go on to definitely give the jewels over to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. One of the best big men of his time, and if you have never seen his WWE work, some of the best matches he's had with Shawn Michaels, you'll ever see. The latter match was defined by them. And to see how he evolved, and like Rich touched upon, he's probably the greatest wrestler never to hold the WWE championship. He is just one of those wrestlers, a once in a lifetime talent. And this is why you're you're seeing so much, you know, outpouring for him and respect because he did so much for this business. And I you know, like Rich was touching, like this was really tough to come on the air ten minutes before just hearing that he passed. And just to see where he was at, at the end at the hall of fame speeches. And like I said, I was trying to find the exact quote he left, but bad times don't last, but bad guys do. And if you haven't checked out his work, do yourself a favor, check out his WWE stuff, check out WCW when he was with the NWO. It's some of the best stuff you'll see. Uh, It comes to mind. uh, The uh, King of the ring, 1993 versus Brett, the Hitman Hart. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once again, that was a, if you want to see great Brett Hart matches, there's three different matches in the same night. Uh, with three different kinds of opponents, and Razor Ramon was one of them. Uh, He had a great match in 1992. I do believe it was 92 at the uh, Royal Rumble. He got a shot at Bret Hart for the world title. Very good match. Anytime Bret and Razor worked together or Bret and Scott Hall worked together, great matches. Uh, Razor was also known for a a great feud uh, with the 1-2-3 kid in WWF. They were friends. They had the original feud where, where Kid got signed. And then later on, Kid would join the Million Dollar Corporation, which led to a secondary feud between them. Uh, great matches with himself and uh, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. From when Jeff Jarrett was on his first run with WWF for WWE now. All of these are available on the Peacock or the WWE Network, depending upon where you're coming to us from in the world. 
yeah, I, I mean, the WCW stuff, there was some good matches in there, but like I said, they really didn't know how to handle Scott Hall, and unfortunately his return in uh, 2002 mm-hmm. with the NWO was overshined by Hogan Rock. And, uh, of course, him and Steve Austin would have a WrestleMania match at WrestleMania 18 as well. Right. But way overshined by Hogan Rock, which, you know, hey, most most matches were. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, there like there's no lack of good stories about Scott Hall. I'm sure that there's some from in his past when, you know, let's be honest, the members of the clique weren't exactly the nicest guys. But that all changed. And all of them have gone on to coach and to prepare the next generation of wrestlers to give their ear to lend them time. And those are the great stories that you hear in outpouring. Cause it's not what somebody did in the past necessarily that defines them. It is how they rebound from that and go to the future. And Scott Hall is a perfect example of that for all of us because he turned that bad guy gimmick into what is truly good. Yes. Absolutely. So uh, I'm going to read some things right now. Uh, young Padawan Jay says, uh, absolutely gutted by the news. I didn't watch wrestling in the nineties, as I've said before, but I still knew who, with, who the NWO was. He transcended the sport that much. He will be sorely missed. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bat Dan, what's up, Dan? How you doing? Was telling my wife about his Razor promos and how epic they were. He said, chills. I read he was in the first ever segment on Monday Night Raw. Incredible. Mm-hmm. He was. He was not in the first match, though. He was in the first segment. Correct. The first match of Raw was, of course, Yokozuna and some job guy. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> uh, of course, the first main event. For uh, old time's sake, Undertaker versus Damian, Damian Demento. Demento. Oh. Uh, for those of you looking for 1993. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's it's a phenomenal stuff and such such good stuff. I mean, the early storylines for Raw, though, was Kid and, and Razor, and that oh, was a yeah. great storyline. The underdog upset that led to a money on the line, wins the money, Kid wins the contract. You know, Razor doesn't know what to do. Good stuff. It was, it was a great character. He was a great character. Like I said, when he first came in, you could see shades of brilliance in him in the AWA. Very mm-hmm. athletic, very big guy. Through WCW where he learned how to be a character with the diamond stud amongst other gimmicks. And then last but not least, fully formed as Razor Ramon. And then going forward, even as Scott Hall in the NWO, it, it's just, it's, it was just really cool to see his career progress as long as also his personal life progress as well. So mm-hmm. once again... Uh, unfortunately, we lost Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, today at the age of 63. Um, sad way to start the show, but as we do, uh, before we go any further, uh, we'd like to observe a moment of silence for Scott Hall in remembrance, and once again, thoughts and prayers and positive thoughts for his friends, family, and fans all over the world. Well, it's always hard to move on, but unfortunately, the show has to go on and mm. must go on. And uh, trust me, as somebody who loved wrestling as much as Scott did, I'm sure that he understands. And I'm sure this upcoming week, whether it be on televised wrestling, whether it be at independent shows, we are going to see a lot of tributes to the bad guy. Absolutely. Cannot wait to see all of them. I'm sure there'll be toothpicks and Scott Hall things, and the crowd's going to be happy. So awesome. Also, I do know that Scott Hall has a uh, pro wrestling tea shop. Uh, I'm sure that if you go, go buy some merch. I'm only saying that because I, I'm sure that that goes to support his family. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Pro Wrestling Tees doesn't put something up in the near future about donating money. Yes. So, also, WWE 
uh, shop. Keep your eyes on WWE.com. I'm sure that they're going to do the same and, and so much more, you know, which would be awesome to go towards his family and stuff, especially for costs and everything else. Make sure you keep your eye out and uh, support everybody. With that being said, Ken M., before we dive into the actual episode, this, uh, the, the, the wrestling portion, uh, tell people how to find yourself in the ODPH. Very simple. Swing on over to ODPHpodcast.com. Join the conversation on our social media accounts. They're all right there. Check out Parley Points' new blogs drop in the T Public store. Anything that is the ODPH is simply found at ODPHpodcast.com. Of course, anything that you want to find out about the Three Fat Nerds podcast, you can do that at 8122productions.com. We have a T Public Store link up there as well. We also have this Twitch channel link there as well. Make sure you're following. Of course, every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I know we started late tonight because of family thing, uh, but uh, every 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 Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're live on twitch.tv slash podcast at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Of course, of course, uh, the Three FN Fourth year extravaganza will be going down in April. We'll hit out the date because I have to work with that with the people at Dragon Master Games. That'll be going down. We'll be doing something live here on Twitch for that as well. So make sure you're following the channel. Of course, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash 8122productions for as little as $1 a month. You get a ton of extra bonus content and you help support the streams, shows, and everything else we're doing here at 3 Fat Nerds Podcast, 8122productions, 607 Podcast, however you want to look at it, how you do. And of course, you can find us anywhere on social media. Three Fat Nerds Pod, throw an at in front of it if you had it. But I mean, let's be honest, all the stuff is at 8122productions.com. All right, man. We had a we had a kind of a small wrestling week. Yes. Believe it or not. We don't have any real I mean, we have a couple stories we're gonna talk about from some of the major companies, but we don't have a pay-per-view that we're currently building. I mean, obviously we're on the road to WrestleMania. You know, we're on the road. To the next belt night or whatever the hell it's called for AEW. Battle of the Belts. Battle of the Belts. Okay, thank you. I always I forget that. what they call it. I forgot that was coming up, to be well, honest. Well, that's on the road. We're yeah. on the road. The road! But, uh, of course, we're a little ways off from their next pay-per-view, Double or Nothing. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, about, what, two weeks, two and a half weeks away from WrestleMania? What is it now? What are we at? I can't even remember. I think we're three weeks away. Are we we're three weeks away? I don't know. You know you know who else doesn't know? Who's that? Our good friend, Lex Luger. I don't know. I don't know. I always forget. I, th- this has been a really weird long road to WrestleMania. I know we're not in the show yet, but it has been weird and long. Yeah, they've kind of taken their time getting there. Yeah, well. It doesn't I mean, feel like the hype's there. Allegedly, there's reasons for that. But yeah. we'll talk something about that a little bit. But most importantly, we got a lot coming at you. I want to, uh, you know what? Let's start the show off before. Let's let's get into the meat and potatoes before I do this. But I want to give a, I got to give a shout out when we start. But Ken. Before I could do that, I think I had to hit your favorite time because Ken It's time! It is time to kick off the show opening contest style and I want to give a shout out first and foremost. We were at a wrestling show this weekend. Mm-hmm. And we got to meet for the first time in person. Yes. Not online because we have a person who is a big supporter of the show, a big supporter of our podcast as a whole, and a big supporter of us. And I and I enjoy always being that. And we, in turn, are actually big supporters of his. Absolutely. Because I think he's a very talented individual and a star on the rise. And if he keeps going in the directions he's going, you're going to see him pretty soon on your TV set or internet cable provider, however it works. 1,000% fact. And that is Super B, Brandon Sevilla. Yes. I... 
it was it was awesome to meet you. I know he's going to be listening to this. Awesome to meet you, brother. And uh, I mean, yeah, it was awesome to meet him in person. He's doing a lot of cool things on social media. So if you're not following him, you need to do a follow. It you got to get on board because, like Rich said, he's going to be the future of the business, and I, we see nothing but a bright future in him. He is going to be swinging through at some point down the down the road. I was going to say that we're going to get to. We're definitely going to have him in. We talked to him. He said he'd love to do it. We want to have him in, so we're going to work something out. And you guys are going to get to meet Super B. Uh, but you can get his work all over the place. As, as a matter of fact, follow him. He's a great follow. He is on Twitter at Super B Sevilla. So it's S U P E R B. S-E-V-I-L-L-A on Twitter. Make sure you give him a follow because he definitely, definitely deserves it. Awesome. Once again, up and comer. This is going to be a dude, I'm telling you right now, that with the way he's working and the way he's going, he is going to be a guy that you see on a TV screen or a fight stream or big things are going to happen for this kid. Big things. 1,000%. And and it couldn't happen for a nicer person, not just because he likes the show, but... I also generally think he's a good wrestler. I think he's definitely a good up-and-comer. He's got such a high ceiling on him that it's, it's phenomenal. He's got a great story. So I hope we get, him, we get him in here. We're definitely going to get him in. When we do, can't wait to talk to him about everything he's got going on. Because he's got a great story. Mm-hmm. With that being said, let's dive into the big event from this weekend, though. Also, this went down on Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. From Hotlanta, Georgia. And of course, the world famous center stage. This card, wow. Of course, I'm talking GCW Wrestling as their show Astronaut went down. And I'm going to first say, how awesome is center stage? And I know it's a sound stage, and I know plenty of wrestlers coming from there WCW, NWA. How great is the acoustics and the setup of center stage for wrestling? Holy crap. Everything was perfect about this. The layout, the design, this was something you wanted to go to for a wrestling show. And, man, did GCW ever deliver. All right, let's kind of – we're going to run through the card. And uh, this one we're going to break down beast by beast. A lot of cards we're going to do in the future, we're just going to run down and give our overthoughts. But I do believe that this one, the big one, deserves to be ran down. Uh, In our opening contest, we had A.R. Fox. Yes, that A.R. Fox defeat the young prodigy Nick Wayne, eight minutes and four seconds. Nick Wayne – 17 years old now, signed to AEW when he's 18. He's already signed the, the letter of intent, if you will, yeah. for talking about like going to, to colleges or pro. And he's out there having a match with the legendary AR Fox. And I want to throw this out there. If you're not familiar with AR Fox, please go online, go on YouTube, type in AR Fox, watch his best moves, watch some of his best matches. He doesn't come out of Georgia much anymore. Because he's down there training the next generation of wrestlers and he's doing a fucking great job. If you don't if you want to know how great he is, I think the best thing is to say, I'm gonna paraphrase Joey Janela's tweet. Joey Janela said, AR Fox is the one guy most people don't know that is absolutely the best wrestler in the world. He went to go on to say, if I deserve flowers, AR Fox deserves bouquets. No doubt about that. He is one of the best you'll ever see do it. And like Rich said, if if you haven't seen him in the ring, do yourself a favor. Go search any site you do because if they show good pro wrestling, chances are AR Fox is on it. This match was an absolute banger to kick off the show and set the tempo for the rest of the night. 
Next up, you talk about you, you're not coming up for air anytime soon because in the next match, we had the base god, Gringo Loco, go one-on-one -on -one with Ninja, Kamikaze, Mac, and of course, Gringo Loco gets the win, 11 minutes, 27 seconds, and the finish to this match was a top rope, both men standing on the top rope. It was it looked like he was, it looked like Ninja Mac was going to go for the Huracarana. He gets caught, and it's a spinning sit-out powerbomb through the door for the one, two, three. This match was phenomenal. One of the most badass endings you'll ever see. We always say, don't blink when these two are in the ring, and the, they delivered on this. No let up from the opening bell. They were tearing the house down with this, and man, that finish. Oh, great. Next up, we had King Midas himself, the king of death matches, allegedly. Yeah. The man who now has six belts, I think is what his count is at. Allegedly. Allegedly. I am not counting that fake one he carries. Yeah, that's what I say. Like, uh, but really... he is the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. He is the Impact Digital Champion. He is, he's got a list. He's the AIW Absolute and Intense Champion. Of course, I are talking about Always Ready, Matt Cardona. And Always Ready, Matt Cardona defeated Action Mike Jackson. Six minutes and 45 seconds. But the story of this match <laughs> is that Action Mike Jackson is 72 years young. And he <laughs> was doing suicide dives, walking ropes. I don't know. It's like the fountain of youth for Action Mike Jackson. Of course, big shout out to a legend. And honestly, a 72-year-old, who still he still can go. Bless him. <laughs> I, I wish I, I can be that active when I'm that age. The old school walk across the ropes plural all, all ropes he, all ropes around the whole ring yeah i just sat there in awe Two i'm like suicide dives yeah <laughs> he's a fucking legend god bless him we saw him before in uh, chicago for gcw yeah. listen man don't sleep on it. i understand 72 years old don't matter he's, he's he's doing he's doing great work out there uh matt cardone of course yeah cheated to win to beat an older man as well so of course, I mean, of course. yeah go figure next up we had 607 TWS resident and favorite asshole, Tony Deppin, defeats ACH 13 minutes and 23 seconds. And boy, this is a great match. ACH, he's back. Mm -hmm. He's doing big things. But Tony Deppin, also great phenomenal wrestler, but asshole. I loved how he looked like he was going to do this standing moonsault and then decided to flip off the crowd before just laying back. Deppin is the best. This was. this was a great technical match. Perfect wrestling, what you want to see on the card. And for everybody, there's all GCWs, all death matches, hardcore. Watch this match because this was a classic. And what can you say about Tony Duppin? God, good Lord. Next up, we have the classic and vintage, if you were Michael Cole. Six-way scramble match, a GCW classic. And I'm going to just say this. The winner of this match was Alex Cologne who just the night before was in London, England. Yeah. He was over in England for a few days, won the TNT Cha Extreme Championship over there. So congratulations. On top of being the GCW ultra-violent champion, comes home on a, a red eye, defeats the one called Manders, Cole Raderick, Jimmy fucking Lloyd, Big Breakfast, a.k.a. the East Coast Ace, a.k.a. the Cloud Cutter, Jordan Oliver, and... A man who very impressed me making a return to GCW. Zen Shi. By the way, how great was that? <laughs> Double flipping moonsault from the top to the floor. Absolutely insane. This is the first time I got a chance to see him, and I, I am impressed. And nobody, and I mean nobody, does a scramble match better than GCW. 
Listen, man, GCW is their, their signature match, and they do it better than everybody. Uh, next up, we had a ma- we had a uh, this was a match that was to put on for the uh, AR Fox's school, right? So he has four of his students. It was a tag match. It was Ashburn and Rick Gonzalez versus Bobby Fiasco in Craven Canyon. It went to a no contest after three minutes and forty nine seconds because the bad boy Joey Janela hit the ring and destroyed all four of these men. More specifically, all using X Pac's moves. Yes. To send a message to his apart, opponent at spring break coming up in a few weeks. This was interesting storytelling, but I tell you what, this is what Joey Janela does best. Great promo, by the way. Yes. Where once again, he goes back to he wants his flowers. Yes. This is this big thing he's going on with, and it's very good. He's talking crap smack. He's backing it up. I'm loving the work that the bad boy Joey Janela is doing down there in GCW. Oh, he's doing fantastic work. This is where he really excels at because he's got all the creative freedom in the world he wants. Look what he does. This next match could be a main event anywhere and definitely was one of the best matches of the night. If not, I actually, I think it was the best match. Well, second best match of the night because we had another match, unfortunately, on the card. They dethroned this, or fortunately for you, the fan. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't for that, we had Ali Catch defeating Jordan Grace 10 minutes and 12 seconds. And man, this is women's wrestling. Absolutely great match. I, words can't even describe like how amazing this match was. Alley Catch and Jordan Grace, I guess, have wrestled before, but not this first time in GCW. And I want to see this ran back in GCW. This was absolutely phenomenal. Very good match. Go out of your way to check this one out. It's very good. Next up, we had the GCW Extreme Championship on the line as your champion, and still at the end of the day, Black Death, the motherfucking truth. truth. AJ Gray defeated Daddy himself, Effie, nine minutes and 30 seconds. And Effie, man, heavy hitting. He was coming out there on fire. He came out the gate and, like Rich touched upon, I thought it was going to be a really quick match the way he was going. Hard hitting, as you would expect. Great match. Next up is, in my opinion, the match of the night and is definitely a match of the year candidate. I'm just going to say it up front. The ROH. World's Heavyweight Champion, or however the original champ, whatever they're calling it, because mm-hmm. of course they're having the unification match at uh, Supercard of Honor coming up WrestleMania weekend. But anyways, the Ring of Honor World's Heavyweight Champion Jonathan Gresham defeats All Heart Blake Christian, aka the best in the world, twenty four minutes and ten seconds. In this match, we got to see technical wrestling. We got to see striking. We got to see high flying. We got to see some of the most interesting pins you'll ever see and some of the most interesting submissions you had to see. This is why, in my opinion, is match of your candidate. How did you feel about Jonathan Gresham versus Blake Christian? You know, there's certain times when we think about dream matches and we think about the hype that goes into them, and sometimes they don't deliver. This match delivered on all fronts. Holy shit. Blake Christian might be the best wrestler on the planet today. Jonathan Gresham is in that conversation as well. They got out there and they put on an absolute classic. This is my current match of the year right now. This is so good. This was worth the hype. Take nothing away from all heart. He is going to definitely run this back. At, at some point, they have to. This match was that good. And what, can, what else can you really say? Jonathan Gresham is 
doing great things going into Supercard of Honor. And I tell you what, I wouldn't doubt seeing Blake Christian show up on that card. I agree with you. And I will go a step further on this. Not only should you see this match, this is a match that you can it easily. But also, off of this match, got a huge announcement April 9th at Paranoid in uh, Los Angeles, California at the Ukrainian Cultural Center. It has just been announced after this match that Blake Christian will go one-on-one with Minoru Suzuki at GCW on April 9th. So, <laughs> big, big rewards for the guy who's uh, doing big things for the company. And take a look at the body of work he's already had this year and the opponents he's faced, and rightfully so, in every match he's had with him. I can't name a bad one. I mean, he, he he did defeat the other ROH world champion, Bandito. Yeah. This year. I mean, he's on hell of a streak. He's, he's winning. He had a great match with Leo Rush at World on GCW, which those two have great chemistry. He's He's been in a lot of bangers. Yeah. And uh, once again, with Jonathan Gresham, like I said, my early match of the year candidate right there. Facts. But we have one more match left, the main event of the evening for the GCW World Tag Team Championships, and it was a death match, although it was on the later end of death match. I'm sure that there's probably some rules in Georgia. But the hate club, Matt Tremont, and the man, the king, the The god God of of this this shit, Nick fucking Gage, defended the GCW World Tag Team titles against the second gear crew, Matt Warner and Matthew Justice. However... In homage to the WCW roots, 16 minutes and 34 seconds, we had a double pin for a draw. Yeah. So Nick Gage pinned Mance Warner. Matthew Justice pinned Matt Tremont. At the same time, referee counted three for both competitors. And in true WCW fashion, we had a double pin main event draw. I'm pretty sure that's why they did it. Because if you go back, those were the finish, the, the, the classic dusty oh, yeah. finishes. And I think that that was actually kind of cool because what this sets up is that now the hate club has said, you know what? We don't like winning matches this way. So we're going to give you a shot. Joey Janela's spring break. Hate club is going to defend the GCW World Tag Team titles against SGC and the Briscoe brothers in a three-way tag team dance. And I guarantee it'll probably be a fucking death match because those three teams are insanely crazy. Yeah. This is going to be the wildest match you will see all year. If you were on the fence about uh, GCW's collective and Joey Janela's spring break, don't be on the fence. This card is going to deliver. Yes, without a shadow of a doubt. Overall, though, the Atlanta debut for Game Changer Wrestling, very good. Mm-hmm. Loved it. I'm going to go as far as saying, so far, it is my event of the year. If any of you want to go back, fight.tv is the way to see it. Would you recommend that highly as well? Oh, absolutely. GCW has been on a roll since World on GCW. And I know some fans might have felt that it was a little disappointing, underwhelming, whatever the case is. Trust me, GCW is back on track. And if you're wondering what all the hype is about, you're wondering why everybody's trying to copy what they're doing, this card set that bar very high. This might be my card of the year right now. I know we're talking March. But still, this match had a lot going on with it. It had something for everybody. This card definitely delivered. All the matches, like I say, had something for everybody on this. And if you're on the fence about doing it, listen, take the investment. Throw the money down for Astronaut, and it'll be well worth your time. Yeah, absolutely. And the next time you can see Game Changer Wrestling Adjacent, They'll be back in a couple weeks for a spot show in Los Angeles, California at the Roxy on a Thursday night. Yeah. Right? Uh, but that's not the next time you can see them because I said Game Changer Wrestling adjacent. As you know, Game Changer Wrestling has not one, but two uh, satellite companies that they mm-hmm. work with. Of course, one is LA Fights out in Los Angeles, California. The other 
is Jersey Championship Wrestling, better known as JCW. And JCW is back next week and next Sunday, as a matter of fact, the uh, 20th of March from Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. And it's called March Madness. Mm. There's Z's at the end, so I like to do that. And, of course, uh, that will be going down, by the way, live on the Game Changer Wrestling YouTube channel for absolutely free. 2 p.m. Eastern start time. If that changes, just keep your eye on that because that's slated right now. Here's the match. By the way, this is the most stacked JCW uh, uh, card I've ever seen. So this is a good time to check it out for absolute free on YouTube. You ready to hear this? Yeah, let's do this. We got the legend, the Grim Reefer, going one-on-one with that asshole, Charles Mason. And not in a good way like Tony Depp. Okay. We got Cole Radrick going one-on-one. With the lethal weapon himself, Matt Mikowski. Oh, that's going to be a good match. We've got the goons erupt as Bam Sullivan goes one-on-one with Slade. <laughs> okay, okay. We've got one of the youngest, cockiest, but yet talented wrestlers in the business today. You definitely need to check him out, Alec Price. And he's going one-on-one with a good uh, with a friend of ours, friend of the show, Yo-Ya. Oh, okay. Sold. We got, she just came back from Australia. Now that she was able to, and she's been tearing it up the last two weeks on the indies, you're going to hear me talk about her again because we're going to be running down another card she was on. Shaza McKenzie going one-on-one with Edith Surreal. Mm, Okay. And the match that I saved for last, one of the young prodigies of wrestling and one of the fan favorites of JCW and elsewhere, young Billy Starks. The reason why we have the Big Starks brand. She's going to get her flowers, if you will. Because she's going one-on-one with the champ champ herself, Deanna Parasso, JCW, Billy Starks, Deanna Parasso, one-on-one. Oh, damn. I did not hear about this. That's Holy right. smoke! That goes down this Sunday, Game Changer Wrestling's YouTube channel, JCW Wrestling. You will not be disappointed. Facts. That main event is going to be delivering. Holy smokes. The ROH and AAA. Reina De Reina's champion, the virtuosa, Deanna Parasso, returns to Game Changer Wrestling adjacent. I'm down. I'm so down. It's a great card, by the way. This is the best. Ch- and I'm not saying anything because I love the JCW cards. You get to see a lot of the young talent there, usually with some veterans mixed in to help it out. This is a card where we've got everybody. This is a card worth checking out. And once again, it costs you absolutely zero dollars. And if you're not into the indie scene right now, what everything GCW and, and JCW and LA Fights are doing, man, you got to get familiar quick. Well, I got to be honest with you. Like I said, we have a little bit of a shorter show. We are going to take our first break. When we come back, we are going to talk about some more Game Changer Wrestling slight news. Like, it's going to be a lot of indies. Uh, we're, it's not what we're going to open with. We're going to go a bit further because we're going to open with some IWTV uh, shows that I watched this past week and always putting it out there in the indie world. But there was the big question that we've been asking for a while between Atticus Coger and GCW. Both sides have now put out a statement. We're going to talk about that. Plus, we're also going to talk about the first ever Circle Six show called Skewered, which will be going down this upcoming Saturday. So, with that being said, we're going to take this brief break you're going to hear our friend shout at the row. And of course, we're going to end some with some WWE and AEW news afterwards. There's a little bit out there that we want to chat yeah, on. Yeah, there's some. But we're going to end with that for the show. But 
Before we go to break, you're going to see information for both the ODPH and Three Fat Nerds, because we're going to do one break instead of two because of later news. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you're going to hear our good friend shout out the robots. And I got them doing the Three Fat Nerds theme song. It's called Fail Better off of the Passive Aggressive album. Check that out on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. Enjoy our good friend shout out the robots. And we'll be right back with the second half of the show talking about AEW, WWE, and most importantly, the Atticus Coger GCW events and the first ever Circle Six event after this break. We hit the warning track there. Okay, by the way, peek behind the curtain. Ken does uh, posts while we're on air. So we are trying to find a specific GIF. Did not work. <laughs> no, it didn't. Twitter has failed me right now. Twitter, fuck it up in the game. That's what we're blaming that on. But you know what? We're back, and we're here to talk about our sponsor for the week. And that, of course, is independentwrestling.tv, where you can get the best independent wrestling on the planet under one roof. Doesn't matter what you like. If you're a hardcore deathmatch kind of guy, they got you covered with brands like H2O, ICW, Freedoms, and more. If you're a fan of, of great pro wrestling action, they got you covered with West Coast Pro, which we're going to talk about in a minute, Prestige, which we're also going to talk about because they did a couple joint shows this weekend, and many more. It's got everything. They've got shoot interviews up. They've also got the Mask Wrestler, which is very good. Just mm. finished up with season two. Lots of fun to be had there. So much more. So if you're looking to find and expand your wrestling uh, watching and wrestling viewing and doing it in a positive way for things that you like, you can do that at IWT, IWTV. So it's independentwrestling.tv. 
And of course, if you use the promo code ABSOLUTE at checkout, you will get a five-day free uh, trial. But it's only $9.99 a month, and it's worth it because you can watch hours and hours, including live wrestling. And let's talk about a couple of events that I watched this week. I'm going to give a full rundown before I talk about the entire card as a whole. But there's a couple of events that I watched this week, and I'm a big fan of West Coast Pro Wrestling, which is a... It's on par. If you're a fan of AEW, I think you'd be a fan of West Coast Pro Wrestling. That's a fair statement. Because it's very good wrestling, good indie wrestling. Let's, let's throw down the list. They had two events this weekend, which they co-promoted with Prestige Wrestling, which is another big company coming out of the West Coast, coming up in the Pacific Northwest, that is actually catching a lot of fire and putting on some great cards. They went, they partnered with West Coast Pro. We're going to find out later. West Coast Pro is actually partnering with somebody else out there. It's like the West Coast is working together. It's a beautiful thing. Smart it's thing. A great, it's a great wrestling scene out there. The only problem sometimes is the show start a little late for us on the East Coast. But hey, you got to understand that this show, usually West Coast Pro shows start at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Because they're at 7 p.m. Pacific. So at least it's a little better than when AEW's out there at the 11 p.m. Yeah, that's facts. So let's go over this. This was on Friday night from the State Room in San Francisco, California, which is a beautiful, unique venue. And it's West Coast Pro and Prestige Wrestling present Savage Mode. Hmm. In the opening contest, and I'm just going to go through it. The opening contest, 4-4-0, Atticus Coger, Eddie Only, and Ricky Shane Page defeat the conglomerate Alpha Zoe, D-Rogue, and Midas Creed, 9 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, Sonico defeated MV Young, 8 minutes and 11 seconds. Nicole Savoy defeated Shaza McKenzie, 8 minutes and 56 seconds. Vinny Massaro defeated Robert Martyr, 12 minutes and 30 seconds. The Prestige Tag Team Championships were on the line in a three-way match. And the champions going in were the champions coming out as C4, uh, Cody Chung, and Guillermo Rojas defeated the West Coast Wrecking Crew, Jarrell Nelson and Royce Isaacs, and Reno Scum, and uh, Adam Thorsten and Luster the Legend. 11 minutes and 43 seconds. Of course, Speedball Mike Bailey defeated the young prodigy Nick Wayne in 12 minutes and 54 seconds for my second match of the night. Heard about this match. Nothing but great things. For the prestige title... Titus Alexander, another young up-and-comer on the West Coast, came up in the same class as Nick Wayne and Starboy Charlie. Guess what? He defeated Alex Shelley to become the new prestige wrestling champion in 12 minutes and 43 seconds. Great match. This next match was a replacement match. Frankie Kazarian stepped in at the last minute to save a show. He defeated Kevin Blackwood in 14 minutes and one second for my match of the night. Man, that's got to be a great match. I got to check that one out. And in the main event of the evening, we have a new West Coast Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Champion as Jacob Fatu finally slayed the beast and defeated Black Death, the motherfucking truth, AJ Gray, in 14 minutes and five seconds. And this match was insane, including some insane table spots and bumps. These two guys don't like each other, and they beat the living shit out of each other. But Jacob Fatu finally conquered AJ Gray Mountain. Wow. I mean, this has been going for a little while. And you're right. These guys do not like each other. I can only imagine the insanity going on during this match. Oh, my God. This uh, the show, Friday Night Show, Savage Mode as a whole, very good. If you have IWTV, if you sign up for it, I suggest watching all the West Coast Pro Wrestling events. They're very good. Savage Mode was a good place to start. Very good show overall, top to bottom. Nick Wayne versus Speedball Mike Bailey was was a, was was worth the $9.99 for this month alone. Yeah. Not to mention you got Alex Shelley against Titus Alexander, young up-and-comer. If you've never seen Titus, like a lot of people on the East Coast haven't, check it out. He dethrones Alex Shelley. 
you also get to see Frankie Kazarian filling in and taking on Kevin Blackwood, one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. And like I said, that main event, if you want brutality, it's not a death match, mm-hmm. just brutality. Hardcore rules, no DQs. There must be a winner. That was a stipulation because these guys keep beating the piss out of each other. Jacob Fatu finally conquers AJ Gray. Great match to check out. But they were back the next night. Prestige Wrestling and West Coast Pro Wrestling presented as real as it gets from Santa Cruz, California at the Vets Hall from Santa Cruz, California. Okay. All right, here we go. Here's the card. I'm going to give you the rundown. We'll talk about it a little bit at the end. Uh, in the, the opening contest was a six-man tag match. The conglomerate, Alpha Zoe, D-Rogue, and Midas Creed defeated Adriel Nikitas, Jody himself, and Lazarus. Uh, next up, we had Shaza McKenzie got her win back as she defeated Sandra Moon on the next night. We don't have times with these, unfortunately. Okay. Next up, uh, the good guy, Vinny Massaro, defeated Juicy Finwah with the snoring elbow. Uh... Allen Five Angels defeated Robert Martyr. By the way, if you're not familiar with Robert Martyr, I should have said the night before. Young kid out of the state of Florida making a name for himself. Technical wrestler and badass. Check him out. But he did, he was defeated by Allen Five Angels of the Dark Order. In a tag team match, the West Coast Wrecking Crew, Jarrell Nelson and Royce Isaacs, defeated P.P. Ray, which is pretty Peter Avalon, and Ray Rojas. Mm-hmm. Next up, Kevin Blackwood defeated Sonico. Sorry. And for the Prestige Tag Titles three-way, and still your Prestige Tag Team Champions, C4, Cody Chung, and Guillermo Rojas, defeated Pax Americana, which is the Dark Sheik and MV Young. Okay. Next up in a match that was, honestly, between two veterans and so good, Rocky Romero defeated Charlie Haas. Oh, wow. And in the main event of the evening, in a three-way dance for the Prestige Heavyweight Championship. Once again, we had a new prestige heavyweight champion as Alex Shelley regains the title, defeating Ray Horace and Titus Alexander to regain his title. That's got to be a hell of a match. I'm going to say this because we we deal with honesties here. Night two, not as good as night one. No shots. No shots. Just night one was stacked. Night two was still very good, though. It's still a great representation. If you are a wrestling fan, you're looking for something. Mm Mm-hmm. Check out Prestige. Check out West Coast Pro Wrestling. Most importantly, check out independentwrestling.tv where you can see the future of wrestling now. Two places you can see it, IWTV and Fight.tv. Great places to go. Yeah, definitely check out a lot of stuff going on in the Indies. I know I got to catch up this weekend. There's a lot going on. But with these kind of cards, you definitely want to make the investment in the time. So let's make it happen. I agree. Uh, Let's dive in. Before we dive into the GCW and then finalizing with the first... uh, show that they're doing out there for circle six let's just chat about some stuff that went down in the world of uh, wwe and AEW. okay there wasn't a lot but i feel like we should pay its dues i know that you were not a fan of this past week's AEW dynamite no not really i mean they just seemed like there was so much going on and there was one moment i kind of talked a little bit about on blogs count anywhere at odphpodcast.com we did have the debut, which I thought we were going to have at, at Revolution. And uh, I, I'm, I'm, no, I knew we were going to get it there because I don't think the contract was up yet or the, the no compete. See, I, I wasn't sure, but I was like, okay, all signs point that this is going to happen because they were teasing about the hostile takeover of the H or AHFO. And we finally got the debut of one Jeff Hardy. Do, 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 do. 
I hope you didn't pay for it because it's it's copyright free music. Yes, which listen, I understand when you hear that music, you got to dance, but not while your brother is getting the crap kicked out of him in the rink. The aesthetics there, people, come on. Uh, that was a little crazy. And then I'm I'm not upset about the winner of this match. I just question about the timing of it because you had Thunder Rosa go over Layla Hirsch in a, a title eliminator match, except she just lost on Sunday to Britt Baker. Right, but the problem is they want to set up the year after match. Yeah. Which the, the stupid part is then don't do it on pay-per-view. You could have had Layla Hirsch versus... Uh, uh, Statlander. Stat, or, no, you could have had Layla Hirsch versus um, Britt Baker at the pay-per-view. Yeah. Or whoever... And then you could have just done Thunder Rosa versus her at the year if that's what you wanted to do. Yeah, like that's what I thought they should have done. I mean, like I said, I'm not mad that we're getting that match because I think they're going to put on a hell of a show. But at the same time, it's like, wait, we just did this. So why is this now warranting an Eliminator match? It it just kind of questionable puzzling storyline writing here. Oh, I agree with you completely. I I don't understand what was going on with that as well. But eh, to each their own. Uh, I want to bring up. (laughs) Oh, sorry, Kurt. Oh, no. And the Jericho Appreciation Society. (laughs) Look, I I just don't get it. Like, I understand that if you're going to end a faction such as the Inner Circle, which was, you know, supposed to be the the first one in AEW history, and you're going to replace it with this, I I, I just don't get it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm pulling a Lex on this one. I got nothing, and I don't know. There you go. Uh, the only other thing I want to talk about, of course, this was the uh, dynamite after AW Revolution. Mm-hmm. First thing that we got told, and once again, we don't usually. Once again, I've always said ratings and 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 numbers don't always matter. Not to us as a judgment of why wrestling is better here or there or anywhere else. It's, it's, you know, an indictment of whatever, but it does show where the pulse is and where you should be worried. And in a lot of tight cases, we hear these breakdowns to, to make numbers favorable, and that's why I think it's all bullshit. Right. Because it doesn't matter to anybody but advertisers. But I will say this. AEW Revolution has been uh, posted by pretty much everybody, including Uncle Dave, as between BR Live and Fight.TV overseas, they had 110,000 buys. Mm-hmm. That means the only numbers they'll come in, and they won't come in for months because it takes months for it for some reason, is uh, pay-per-view through DirecTV, Spectrum, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So we were right around the 135,000 mark when we were guessing, and guess what? We're going to probably end up there because I'd be surprised if there was more than 25,000 on terrestrial I agree. Uh, cable. So 135,000, which is down from 205,000 for their last event, which was uh, Full Gear, right? Yep. So... Each one of their pay-per-views, which they do for a year, is supposed to be a big fight field. They say that all of them are equally big because they were for a year. And I agree that that's pretty cool marketing. Sure. This was the pay-per-view we were told on paper was the greatest show ever by the internet. Which, you know, before the show, we debunked that. Mm-hmm. Oh, completely. But at 100, when you, if that's the case, then how do you explain losing 70,000 buys, estimated 70,000 buys, from your highest selling pay-per-view with 205,000 that happened... In uh, November, no, in November. The only thing I could come up with thinking about this is how short notice these matches and storylines were put together for this. Ken, 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 you forgot they were the greatest storylines ever. This was the greatest pay-per-view on on paper. 
How could you say something like that? Easily. Look at like the buildup that was going on for most of these matches. I mean, unless it was CM Punk and MJF, none of them really had a good build, and especially your main event match, which was Hangman Page against Adam Cole. Like that had what two weeks of build? Ken, Ken, they were telling deep stories. You had to go back months and months. You had to watch some BTS. You had to tune into that one special that was done on AEW Games. I don't know if you're paying attention to everything. If I have to get a map out to go retrace my steps to understand why a match is happening, that's a bad sign. I'm sorry. Like, it should be done on your main programs. And, yeah, if you want to do a little side vignettes here and there, sure. I don't think I have to follow everybody on Twitter to see what kind of nonsense some matches were put together because there was a lot. And just overall, like, it, it should have done better. But then again, when you only had the one match that everybody was buzzing about, and that's CM Punk and, and MJF, Everything else was literally made up that week they were going into. Because, I mean, look at the tag team match and and how the Bucks got added that week. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not how you do the storyline building right. I'm sorry. It just isn't. Well, once again, we're down to that. That seems to be, ironically enough, that 125,000 plus or minus seems to be their comfort zone for pay-per-views at this point. Yeah. The, you know, and, and we can speculate a lot of things. One of it, possibly the card. Another thing is, you know, we've talked about it before. Some probably fans are getting scared off by some of the to- more toxic AEW fans out there. You know, and some people, and I, I know I can hear the internet right now and tell them not to leave the internet. But, you know, that doesn't work for business, guys. Sure. Like, like you can't tell people that shit. I understand. I get it. I'm, I'm on the internet. Ken's on the internet. Most of you are on the internet. We all know that it's full of shit and bullshit and doesn't matter. But that doesn't mean that Joe Blow down the street knows. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that Karen Q Consumer knows. I stole that from some uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, years and years well of played. working in a John Q. Public and Karen Q. Consumer. Yes. Uh, you're always in the work stuff. But th- it's just a better way of saying that the aver- average casual Joe doesn't give a shit about that. And you can't you can't do that. And uh, by the way, Pat says you shouldn't need to be fucking Ferdinand Magellan to understand what the fuck is going on week to week on AWTV. Points. I mean, you're not wrong, but you didn't have to say it. I mean, good Lord. So whether it's a combination of those things or the fucking $50 price point. Yes, which is a whole other ball of wax. They, I've been saying it for years. They should come down to the price point. Why should they come down to the price point? Obviously, you're not selling your maximum amount of pay-per-views at $50. Here's the other problem. With, with everything else being cheap, I can go on Fight.TV and buy a great independent show. I'm not just talking about GCW. There's plenty of other things. Mm -hmm. I can buy them for $20 or less. Yeah. Here's another reason I think that we had a problem at uh, Revolution. It was a Sunday with an 8 p.m. start time. 7 p.m. if you count uh, the pre-show. And it went to midnight on a work night. Five hours. On a work night. This is why when AEW created... Listen, for those people who don't think I give them props, let me say it again. Slow for the people in the back. When AEW created this Saturday pay-per-view, that's right. They were the first to do it. Mm -hmm. They were the first. I mean, I'm not talking about independent companies. I'm talking about major wrestling companies. A major fed. We said it was genius. Yeah. You know who picked up that concept? World Wrestling Entertainment. You know who put that concept down? AEW. Don't know why. But if this is on a Saturday, I think that you have more fights. But they're scared of the UFC. Listen, don't be scared of UFC cards. First of all, UFC buys are down. 
First reason being is because an $80 price point fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. So their buy rates are down. Now, they did have a popular fight on last week with uh, the, the, Covington, the and Covington and Mazdival, yep. uh, right? Big draw match. I'm sure they did decent numbers. But let me tell you this. Any wrestling fan that's going to get an AEW pay-per-view isn't watching UFC that night. Facts. And also, they're going to choose you because that's the one time you're cheaper. <laughs> yeah, it is true. $80 or $50. I'm taking the $50 over the $80. So I would just, I, if that was their fear of going on that Saturday, then pick a different Saturday. They could have picked this Saturday. You would have ran up against GCW, but that's not an issue. GCW is a non-television. As much as I love GCW, although I know what selection I would have made, mm -hmm. we would have watched Revolution the next day. Yeah. <laughs> like, But my, my point stands, though. Overall, most wrestling fans would have chosen AEW. So why couldn't you just put it off a Saturday? Didn't make a difference. It's just if that was your worry. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. If that's your if that's your worry, but yeah, I mean, you just go back to the basics you were starting with. Like the Saturday pay per views work, if especially if you're gonna do five hours. Like that is a lot, and you could even tell by the reaction of the crowd that night, because by the time it got to Cole and Page, they were blown up. Like they they were crowd not, was dead for yeah. that, and it was a sad thing because it was a decent. It was a know, very super decent match. match. Yeah, it was. But that's the whole point. It's like you you have to really take a look at this, or otherwise. Get rid of your pre-show, start at 7, and go. Like, do a 6.30, one match, and go. Like, that, you have to really sit back and take a look at this. Like, I understand the next one's going to be double or nothing, so there's going to be time. And, of course, it's, it's, it's touted as, like, that's their WrestleMania. Like, that's their big show, whatever the case is. Well, the is. good part about double or nothing is it's on Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. So that's that's an easier day to work around if you're going to do a Sunday. Because I know I have Monday off. I mean, I know not everybody does, but you know, there's a good number of people, including myself, who work jobs where you have Memorial Day off. So even if you go on a Sunday, there's a holiday the day after. Same with when they go for All Out, or maybe they'll go back to calling it All In since they probably own the rights to that now. Yeah, I imagine so. Uh, and, and, and on Labor Day weekend in September. Well, it would make the most sense to do, but I think they have to really take a look at the buy rates from here. And, and you know, since they do focus a lot of attention because they touted a lot on social media about those ratings, this is a situation that if you're coming off a stellar card of full gear, and I think everybody said how, how much of a win that was, to now dropping that many viewers, you have to really sit there and go, okay, how did this happen and how can we try fixing this? It's an honest conversation you have to have at this stage. Here's another thing that is is, is thing. Once again... I'm one of those guys that will preach to you all year why the ratings aren't exactly the measuring stick that most people think. Oh, wait, wait a second. Pad says, the back-end booking made no fucking sense. Why would you put some of your most anticipated matches back to back to back? You're asking for a dead crowd. I agree. I yeah. agree. And I'll give you the point. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but you didn't have to say it. I mean, good Lord. But let me get to this. Uh, like I said, so I'm not the one that shows on ratings. Everybody else does. And they break them down and da-da-da-da because we got to be number one, whatever. Just like I've always made the joke. And we we are proud of this, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's not whatever. But we are number one, the number one wrestling podcast. I think we're the number one podcast, period, in Nigeria. Wrestling, let's, we are. Let's go. We know that. Thank you, Nigeria. Thank you, our fans. Now, what would be disingenuous is if I went ahead and said, hey, Joe Rogan, fuck you. I'm number one in Nigeria. And I no matter how you feel about him, let's be honest. He's got the most numbers in podcasting, correct? Yeah, last I checked, yes. Okay, so so that's why I picked him. So if I'm sitting back and going, hey, by my matrix, just because I'm number one in Nigeria, I'm better than you, asshole. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy and that's why we don't talk about the ratings as much but i am going to bring it up here because once again there are some good things you can get from because the after revolution show did a nine hundred and forty-five thousand 
with a point four zero in the all important demographic, as I'll tell you. Which a point four zero is not horrible. No, it's, it's not. not bad. But but ninety, not even a million. Anytime you're under a million and with as much money as you've put into AEW, that is a problem. And especially coming off of this highly touted pay-per-view that obviously not all of your fans bought. So that would mean those fans should be tuning in on Dynamite to find out what happened and the fallout. Especially with the big debuts that happened. Yeah, Jeff Hardy came back. Yeah, Jeff Hardy was back. You know William Regal was going to say something. Uh, They waited on uh, Swerve until Friday, but that's okay. But still, you tune in. It's like always the night after a pay-per-view. You tune in to find out what happened. If you missed the pay-per-view, this is what your fans should be doing. And if they're not turning out in full force, what is the disconnect? That's a, that's the question you need to start asking. Well, once again, I'm still on their side. Once again, as I said, I, I didn't. I thought it was a decent pay-per-view. I wish more people would buy the pay-per-views. We we fucking every goddamn every quarter of the year we're like, hey, buy them, don't steal them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much that I, it's part of my mantra that I probably say to myself every morning. But it's it true. is what it is. <laughs> it's true. Before I jump over to WWE news, I or because I got we got just a brief bit of that. Uh, I want to talk about some fun stuff. Oh, two fun things to be honest. And one is going to make you pop and okay. mark out. Okay. But I want to throw in the real fun one first, because then we can balance it out. Ready? Okay. Braun Strowman. Oh, Jesus. Talking to Macho Beard about, by the way, I should call myself Macho Beard. I'm just saying, brother. Macho Beard about uh, CYN. Control your narrative. This is what Braun said. This will be the only place to be. On 331, March 31st, unless you want to watch a bunch of dorks choreograph dance with each other for no reason at all because we don't do that garbage in the narrative because we actually fight. I added the sound effects for myself. So they, they actually fight and control your narrative. I thought they just took shit from fans and wanted to pay for VIP packages. Yeah, I, that whole scenario, man. I just Let's wrap this up with a bow because I wanted to have fun. Tony Deppin. Our favorite asshole <laughs> quote tweeted, draw more than a hundred people. Then come talking dork. <laughs> and that is why we love Tony Depp. Tony Depp is amazing. He's undefeated, baby. He's undefeated there, but that's not all we got. Ken M. That's not all. I'm going to, I'm going to do something for you. Just for you. Every, every once in a while, I like to give you a surprise. Okay. I like to throw you a little, Little little something, and today I'm gonna do that for you. Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. Yes! Alright. This has been a hot minute for this. Let's go. Here we go. So I wanna bring up there's a little bit of there was a little bit of back and forth on the Twitter machine, baby. <laughs> So uh, this all started because uh, Dave Meltzer put something out as normal and uh, somebody on uh, the Twitter box replied with AEW mostly caters to the hardcore segment of wrestling fans. How are they not living in a bubble? To which Dave Meltzer responded, and what does WWE cater to? WWE is ahead as its mania season, but AEW is the style growing in popularity. Well, WWE is an up, up year to year. The most effective style is the one that grows, right? We'll save in comments to the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, Yinzer at Yinzer Online, Brian John Cosgrove, who does some uh, reporting, 
good stuff. It says, if AEW isn't hitting WWE viewership numbers coming off the Punk and Bryan signings, when does it happen? What kind of signing or storyline moves the needle? WWE Creative writes to appease Vince. Tony Khan writes to appease internet fans, which is a niche audience. Not wrong. To which Dave responded, <clears throat> and I quote, Imagine I start a new cola. In two years in, I outsell Coke in New York and Chicago, but trail in other places, and often outsells nationally with men, but not with women. Would you say that my cola is only interested in appeasing internet fans, which is a niche audience? Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. By the way, Pat said, hold on. I have to go get a bottle of Everclear to be able to stomach this level of delusion. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what we're going to call the Spin Olympics. Because we're spinning, baby. We're really spinning. So here's the problem. Let's break down the last... Well, actually, I should go back and break down the statement before because I think that that was an interesting one uh, when he basically is saying that uh, WWE isn't up year to year, most effective style and what is one is growing. Uh, WWE had a record year in sales last year mm-hmm. at over a billion dollars in profit. Yeah, most fi- best financial year ever. Um, I know that doesn't mean much to wrestling fans, but neither should the fucking numbers of ratings because all that means is more pocket money for advertisements but if you're going by that basis that means wwe is making more money it was said that next year after next year saudi shows they have made more money than AEW has in its entire existence correct actually was it made and spent i think it was i think it was made and spent i know it was least made it was it was saudi. it was a fucking ridiculous number but once well, I, again I it, as of right now with the saudi deal they have made more off of the Saudi deal than every WrestleMania combined. That's so insane. Those are profitable shows. Yeah, they're they're yeah. about to sell out two nights in fucking Dallas at a hundred and ten thousand a pop. I digress because that's going to bring me to my next point. Here's where I'm going to call it the Spin Olympics, and this is why internet fans are arguing about nonsense and bullshit because they believe what they read from Dave Meltzer. And I would love, I would love Dave to come out of his shell. I know I've talked to some of your cronies and they're all about enjoying our show. They're all about enjoying a bunch of things. And they say that you don't want to debate me ever. So that's fine. And I'm not going to take the time out of my day to fight you on the internet. Cause I don't give a shit. Cause when you fight with people on the internet, you look like a moron, no matter what you're, if you're right or wrong. True. But let's, let's just go from this basis, Dave, you're selling a new cola and you say that new cola, let's just AEW. So let's just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. AEW is outselling in New York and Chicago. Okay, how? How? What, TV ratings? Okay, you're still under a million. So how? Okay, uh, ticket sales? Oh, because they sold out fast? Uh, a- WWE almost sold out the 16,000-seat fucking Madison Square Garden for a house show. They put asses and seats in the Barclays Center, which is 20,000. You have done one successful show in a big venue in New York. Congratulations. Congratulations. Arthur Ashe, what, 24,000, right? No, I was trying to think how many, that the number? how many. Somewhere around there? Somewhere around there, I'll give you. So a little more than what that is. But WWE also goes to the Barclays probably four or five times a year. And they go to Madison Square Garden at least two or three. Yeah. So combined numbers, if that's what we're going by, they're outselling you. So where's this major come from? I was at WrestleMania 35, which was in New Jersey, but in the New York Giants slash New York Jets Stadium. Mm-hmm. So New York, New Jersey. There was 85,000 people there where do we get these numbers? It's just like right now in the LA forum. Oh, they're almost sold out. Well, the LA forum sits 10,000 people. 
Yeah, it's not the size of Staples. Well, right, right. It's 10,000 people. So you go to Chicago and you run the third best building. Now, I'll give you credit. You sold out the United Center for the return of punk. Yeah. But you notice they haven't been back to the United Center. Right. They're still running what it was used to be the Sears. It's now something else. It's a place where they run most of their events. 10,000 mm-hmm. people. Because mm-hmm. remember, the reason we know that's 10,000 people, because that was the dollar bet that Uncle Dave made with Cody. Right. Because that's the host of All In. The, the, yeah, it's the genesis of All In, right? Right, right. Right. So how do you outsell in Chicago? And of course, you could talk ratings, but once again, all WWE stuff, even though I don't watch it because it's atrocious, is doing over a million and a half, million four, million half. Yeah. And AEW struggling to stay at a million. They break them a little bit over a million and go back under. Break a little. Like, so it's it's weird to me because we're, we're breaking down demographics. That's fine. Cool. Once again, goes back to my experience earlier when I said, hey, fuck you, Joe Rogan. I'm number one in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. So if we just fight about Nigeria, I'm going to win. Because I don't know what his presence is in Nigeria, but I can't think it's good. Right. But it's still a niche market. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Right, 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 right. See what I mean, though? Yeah. So that's why the whole numbers thing. And this is why I can't, whenever I break it down, I think it's funny when people are like, no, you're not right. I'm, am I wrong? That's how numbers work, right? The only thing you're doing is if you keep breaking it down to a smaller and smaller portion, you'll finally find a winning. Like I said, because like I said, I'm better, we're, we, right here, the mm-hmm. two of us, are better than Joe Rogan if we go by the fact we're number one in Nigeria. Meanwhile, Joe Rogan <laughs> making millions of dollars. Yeah. So who won? Exactly. Um, this is the misnomer that you know Uncle Dave puts out there, and it's because of access. Uh, continuing, he goes... Nationally with men, but not women, which is not necessarily true. Uh, would you say that my Cole is only interested in appeasing internet fans with a niche audience? I would say yes. I would say that's why they're not doing over a million. Mm. I would say that's why we have to flip out over that. Uh, Pad says, if you start up a new cola and outsell Coke, they'll buy your ass up and bury you. Let's be real. True. AEW claimed Arthur Ashe had 20,177, but I can't find any firm numbers that aren't from AEW. So take that number with a grain of salt. Okay. Thank you, Pat. Okay statistician in the day so once again i'm not shitting on it and this is coming from Meltzer. this is what the negativity because then i see this straw man argument is held up held up held up and this is what holds it up but there's no statements that are true here all the statements are not true and i'm not a wwe mark because i don't watch any of their products that is true if anything you know independent wrestling in new japan and i watch more AEW. But I'm not on the internet shitting all over AEW the same way people waste time on other things. So my problem is, is that this is what creates, as a person who would like to see AEW succeed, there's a few things that they need to do, and we've spelled this out. They've gotten better on production. Yeah. So they've done that. Check mark. Now they need to have one person in charge, indirect, and it can't be Tony Khan because although Dave Meltzer calls him the, the booker of the year, I'm sorry, most fans are not happy with the booking. If, if they were, then their hardcore fans, including, you know, the ca- hardcore and casual fans of AEW, wouldn't be bitching about things. It's true. So why don't you, since you just signed William Regal, why don't you have him help book? Or book, period. That would be the logical move. I'm just saying. No, use the experience. Well, but we need the direction. And if, if that is Tony Khan, then he needs to get his shit together and go in one direction and not go ADHD. You can't be waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning and going to Dante Martin's house. I know we keep coming back to that, but that is how he books the fucking shows. So when you were like, why don't they make sense? That's why. And lastly, and this is the big, uh, the two last ones are the big ones. Two last ones are the big ones. First, stop comparing yourself to World Wrestling Entertainment. It's yeah. silly. It's dumb. And it's not, it's, it, it, it's, it, they're not in trouble. 
For the, anybody who thinks WWE is going out of the business, let's talk about the, uh, remember the CM Punk pipe bomb, one of the most famous interviews ever? What did CM Punk say about World Wrestling Entertainment? When he leaves, the machine keeps rolling. I'm just a cog in the machine. It's going to keep on rolling. Mm-hmm. Guess what it does? It keeps on rolling. They made a billion dollars in profit. They're not going away. They're not in the mud. They don't give a fuck about you. They're about to sign another multi-billion dollar deals for television. As a matter of fact, if you're in the know right now, they're in talks with Disney to put fucking one of the shows on ESPN when the contract's up. So right now, if Fox or USA wants to keep either Raw or SmackDown, now they're bidding against the mouse. And I've heard Amazon's in the game too. A lot of people are interested because they're the brand. They're not worried about everybody else. They're worried about themselves. So my problem is, is when you go up against that and you put fans against that and you put fans against those numbers, which are real world numbers, why don't we just say, forget what they're doing and focus on us? And I've been saying that since day one, because when you say, hey, hey, look at this. We sold out the 10,000 seat LA forum. That's mm-hmm. cool. It's your first LA show. Awesome. And I'm happy. I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about it, like, oh. Well, double or nothing, we had our first million dollar gate. Cool. But the punchline to that is always people like Meltzer going, huh, WWE ain't selling that. Yeah, Dave, WWE on April the 2nd and 3rd have this event. It's called, escapes me. Oh, no, it's called WrestleMania, the premier wrestling show of every year where people who even hate WWE will watch the show, where people who don't even watch wrestling but once a year will watch the show. And it's in Dallas, Texas, coming to you from the AT&T Stadium, which during football games seats 100,000 people. And as we found out last time from a wrestling show, seats 110,000. Right. By the way, this event, two days. 110,000, Ken, times two. What is the number? 220,000. So 220,000 tickets in two days. I'm asking you, if you're doing, let's say all your arenas are 10,000 people. How many arenas do you have to sell out? How many days do you have to sell out of 10,000 arenas before you hit that 220,000 number? 20. 22. 22. 22, because 10,000, yeah. 22. 22. So when we're comparing apples to fucking oranges, it makes you look stupid. Because anybody with half a brain, and this is what the arguments on the internet are, is like, wait a minute. So you sold 10,000 seats. Cool, but WrestleMania is going to sell 220. And here's the thing. Oh, WrestleMania's not sold out yet. Oh, it'll be sold out day of show. WrestleMania's always sold out. Listen, don't, don't, let's not let ourselves fool each other into thinking WrestleMania is going to be half empty. That's stupid. That's dumb thinking. Dumb thinking. And the last thing that AEW really needs to do is stop spending money on talent. You know why? Because you have too many and you have too much going on and nobody knows what they're doing and you're paying guys just to fly in. Let's reel it the fuck in. Even with the acquisition of a, uh, of Ring of Honor, which I didn't get the chance to say last week because Moose kind of hijacked the show a little bit, which is fine. We knew that was going to happen going yeah, in. Yeah, we knew that was going to happen. It's not like we're stupid over here. Mm-hmm. But listen, the acquisition of ROH, one of the things that worries me is the last time we heard about a sale of ROH was from when WWE tried to buy it in 2018. And the number was $40 million. $40 million. Four zero. And the reason the Triple H slash WWE did not buy Ring of Honor is because Vince was like, the tape library is not worth $40 million. That's all they wanted. Mm-hmm. They might have ran Ring of Honor as a little whatever NXT spinoff, blah, 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 whatever. That's at best. Yeah. It was going to get absorbed. But they wanted the tape library. So I'm not, I'm not going to think that ROH dropped to nothing in price between now and then. If anything, after getting rid of all those contracts, it should still be around $40 million, if not more. Because they were going to buy it while people were still under contract. It's true. So, 
that brings the value down technically because they want to pay off contracts. So I don't know what Tony paid for, but I'm going to say it's at least over $20 million. And now we got to see what he's going to do with it. So two years of CM Punk, pretty much. Well, that's going to be the million-dollar question we're going to have to find out on April 1st. That'll be, that'll be the first temp in the room, I think. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, I've always said it. I am pro AEW. I just want them to not make mistakes. But the problem is, is the fans and the internet and everybody else, when they say this, and Dave Meltzer, and this is why I point out stupid lies, because these are all dumb lies that anybody with two eyes and Google can look up. This is not helpful because this is what drives casual people off. And once again, I don't want to hear the dumb argument of welcome to the internet. This is just how it is. That's not a good way to do it if you're trying to bring people into your business. Once again, myself and Ken understand it. I don't mm-hmm. care. That's why I just said I won't argue with anybody on the internet because then you look like an idiot. Right. You look like an idiot. There's no basis to it. So there you go, guys. Yeah. Congratulations. By the way, Dave Mulser, wrong about a lot of things, including... How he's covering his ass on this Cody Rhodes situation. Ken, you talk about fucking Olympics. Woo! The Spin Olympics are fucking real when we talk about Uncle Dave controlling the narrative. <laughs> you see what I did there? I, I saw. You see what I did there? Uh, controlling the narrative when talking about Cody Rhodes and what may or may not happen at some point in juncture. I don't want to bring it up, but I'm going to paraphrase just because it's easier than just bringing up the whole thing. Basically, he said that if Cody doesn't show up on tonight when we're talking Monday Night Raw Mm -hmm. in Jacksonville, it's probably not going to happen. But even then, it could still happen because internally, WWE still has him penciled in at WrestleMania from what we're told. But at the same time, uh, AEW is still trying to make a play for him, and he's got other offers on the table from other places as well. And at the same time, though, mind you, this is all coming out of one show from, from him. At the same time, maybe he's going to stay at home and be a dad and then go to WWE. Who knows? Maybe after Mania. At the same time, and I'm not making any of this up. These are all basically in one conversation on the Wrestling Observer radio Dave Meltzer covered every single base that Cody Rhodes could go to. He's going to show up on WWE. If he doesn't show up on Jacksonville, that doesn't mean anything. They still have him written down. We're told that people in WWE still think he's going to show up. That's why they're hoping on holding on to this penciled in match between him and Rollins at Mania. It doesn't need much time to set up. But on the other hand, you know that. Oh, also on the other hand, uh, other EVPs in AEW have told me that they think Cody's out and he's going to WWE. So you can read that however you want. By the way, Pat says Raw is in Jacksonville tonight with Kevin Owens versus Rollins in the main event. There's a stipulation involved, but it's meaningless. So exactly. I don't know. We don't know. Nobody knows. I'm not saying the temp in the room. Whenever he shows up, wherever he shows up, we'll find out. All I know is he's trying to get the most money he can. Congratulations. Mm. And for those of the people out there that are going, oh, man, he should have done it before. Revolution. Because it proved that they didn't need him to throw a show. How Really? Because the last pay-per-view he was on did 205,000 buys, and this one only did one 110 uh, that we know of, 135 that we're estimating. Plus the rumor of him going to that house show in MSG and how many people were tuned in on they Twitter. Sold, yeah, Twitter was there was a Twitter sellout yeah. for an MSG house show because Cody might show up. So don't tell me he's not worth the money. Come yeah. on, guys. Let's be real. That is the way that you're explaining it if he walks away. That's what everybody wants to say, just in case he leaves and walks away. All right. 
Let's talk about some WWE before we dive into the final thing that we're talking about here. And there's, of course, two big things that I think in WWE. Let's start with the more serious one and then move into a more fun one. How about that? Sure. Biggie. Yeah. This past uh, Friday night on SmackDown, Biggie took a suplex from uh, Rich Holland. Holland on the outside of the ring and landed on his head. Uh, instantly, we all felt the worst, as we should. Yeah. Gurneyed out in the neck brace, goes to the hospital. Thankfully, we find out, thank, and this is horrible to say, thankfully, thankfully we find out that, it, that it's not even broken, but really badly injured. Fractured. I think fractured. it's fractured. So it's not quite broken, but fractured. W, you know, and uh, thankfully, no, no surgery. Right. So no surgery. That's good news. Good news. That's fantastic news. Come on, Big E. We're all, we're all cheering for you. Get better. You know what I mean? And proving how nice of and great of a guy Big E is, the whole wrestling internet community from company to company, for the most part, 95, 97%, drop the beef for one moment to go on and uh, wish him well mm-hmm. and uh, fight the good fight. And I like to see that. Yeah, it was a great uh, thing I don't to want see. to see somebody get injured for us to have that happen. And, of course, th- T's and P's, if you will, with Big E Langston. Absolutely. As he recovers from this fractured neck, thankfully it wasn't broken, and thankfully he doesn't need surgery. Thankfully he wasn't paralyzed. Thankfully he's he's still with us. Yes. So there's a lot to be thankful for. I just want to throw this out there. As somebody who worked in the professional wrestling business, somebody who's been tied to it for a long time, accidents happen. I don't believe Ridge Holland dropped him on his head on purpose. Right. I don't believe that it was anything more than an accident. Accidents happen. As I like to say, it's not ballet. Mm-hmm. With that being said, don't send the hate to Ridge Holland. Some of the people who went out of their way to kind of take shots and jabs. I mean, I know uh, AEW's own Taz made some snide comments that the internet took him to task for, including people with all elite in their names. Yes. That was what, what drove. That's how much you know Big E means to people and how smart wrestling fans can be. People who have all elite in their Twitter tags. Even we're like the Taz. Hey, listen, you injured quite a few people. Like, he's no one, no one safer than you are. You know, come on. Mm. Kid made a mistake. Big E, him, something just went wrong. Accidents happen. Yeah. Once again, not happy about the outcome. T's and P's with Big E. And I'm sure he'll get better. He'll be back in the ring before we know it. Absolutely. I guarantee that. So once again, thankfully it's nothing too major, but let's stop the hate. Let's let the hate end. I'm sure Big E doesn't want you out there bashing Rich Holland or somebody else over the fact that an accident happened. Yeah, exactly. So that was the more serious one. Oh, actually, we have two funny ones because I forgot one. Johnny Knoxville. (laughs) For those people who are shitting on Knoxville versus Sami Zayn at Mania, pump the fucking brakes. And I'm going to tell you why. The greatest thing I've seen in wrestling in quite some time, time, storyline-wise, I should say. It's not even a storyline because it's real. Johnny Knoxville dug deep into the jackass playbook. Because it's been done before on Jackass. Yes. It's been done many ways on Jackass. Dug into that playbook and said, hey, how can I bring Jackass to WWE in the build for WrestleMania? There are a lot of people talking smack about me getting this opportunity. You got Sami Zayn. Why do they need me? They don't need him. It's fun, though. Tell me it's not. And here's why it's fun. He rented a plane. He rented a plane. He landed on one of those message planes. You know the ones, Ken. Yes. Single, single engine. They fly. They have a banner. And the banner reads something behind it. Picked a real nice day. Flew the plane. 
The plane had Sami Zayn's phone number on it. By the way, <laughs> Sami Zayn's shoot phone number on it. No jokes. Yes. I don't know if you've seen the messages. Sami Zayn at one point took a screenshot of his phone that had something ridiculous like 26,000 text messages and like a thousand and some missed phone calls. Sami Zayn, <laughs> his phone has been compromised because of Johnny Knoxville. And if you don't think that's great, I don't know what to tell you. That is brilliant. I don't know what to tell you. For anybody that's really questioned about WrestleMania this year, and I, and I know I've heard a lot of people say you know about Pat McAfee being on there, and Johnny Knoxville and and you know the other celebrities. Listen, there's going to still be some great wrestling, but this is some funny storytelling going on too. Oh, Logan Paul was the other guy. Listen, uh, Logan Paul draws numbers. Yeah. Uh, as much as I hate to admit that, he does. Right. Uh, as far as Johnny Knoxville goes, it looks like he's having a lot of fun in something he wants to do. I'm sure it'll be a fun match. It's a good way to get Sammy some extra exposure, too. This yeah. is great for Sammy Zayn. People seem to forget about that. And last but certainly not least, talking about Pat McAfee, he put out a great package about dreams. This is one of his dreams. The company works for it because he busts his ass and does a great job and brings something new and fresh to the product, has decided to give him an opportunity and have him live a dream. And as we found out, Pat McAfee's been training to be a wrestler yeah. since like 2010. It's, some, it's, it's a long time. So what we saw when he was in NXT, and we saw a damn good match between him and Adam Cole. We saw a damn good War Games match he was involved in. And we were all surprised he could wrestle. Should have been surprised if we would have known that he's been wrestling for 12 years. Yeah. Well, at the time, 10 or whatever it was. But still, it's crazy to think about that he's been putting in all this work. I mean, this is this is why he's winning everybody over. Like, who would have thought we would be talking about how excited we were to see a Pat McAfee match? I don't know, but I'll tell you what. Don't shit on it. Let's have some fun with it. And this was a great promotional oh, thing, God, yeah. and it was also a lot of fun. You can't tell me that that's not a great storyline. It's, it's fantastic, everything they're doing right there. And now we're going to categorize this in the what the fuck category. As a matter of fact, I'm going to play this because we haven't done it in a while. It's still real to me, damn it. Because <laughs> that's a what the fuck statement. Breaking news this afternoon from World Wrestling Entertainment. At WWE on Twitter, checkmark. Check mark. We're not talking about a fake account. The real WWE on Twitter. It reads as follows. Breaking. As first announced by at Complex. At Real Charmel will be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame's Class of 2022. Hashtag WWE HOF. So we've gone past where we thought it was just going to be The Undertaker. Mm -hmm. So now adding Vader. Yep. Which is amazing. I've heard rumblings and rumors that Sid could be also going to the Hall of heard Fame. heard that too. Uh, but before we get that announcement, Charmel, the wife of Booker T, who's most known for being his valet in the King Booker years, where she would just walk next to him and say the words, All hail King Booker. All hail King Booker. Four words. Four is now inducting, being inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame. Now, I had my questions years ago when Coco Beware made it. Mm -hmm. But I said, you know what? He's a good hand. Probably just a good reward. It is a wrestling Hall of Fame. Who cares? The Celebrity Ward. Always interesting folks going in there. Don't get me started. Queen Charmel? Yeah, I, this ain't celebrity. This is the WWE Hall of Fame, right? 
I don't really understand why. I mean, no disrespect to her, but it's like her time in WWE. And to my knowledge, and please correct me if I'm wrong, this has been the only time that she's been in the ring as a valet. Correct? As far as I, I mean, she did some mixed tag matches back in the day, but I not not a, there's no career to run. Right. So it's it's really kind of puzzling um, because I don't think it's the body of work justifies the Hall of Fame. But I, I I'm just really kind of uh, like stunned at this. I mean, no no disrespect to her. I mean, the gimmick was great. I mean, when King Booker was doing King Booker things. But I'm just kind of surprised that, like, well, this wasn't, like, a character that really stood out that, you know, warranted, like, a Hall of Fame, you know, in, in comparison to some of the other nominees. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Right on. Me neither. But, yes, Queen Charmel. Anyways, uh, what the fuck moment of the week? Um, Next up, let's get into it. Main event topic. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. We're going to lead into the Circle Six show, which we'll finish out because that's what we're going to be watching next week. So we're going to give a quick preview of There's not many matches announced. We'll talk about it. We'll even let you know what Circle Six is because you're probably, most of you at home, unless you're a big GCW fan, mm-hmm. probably don't even know what Circle Six is. But uh, let's give you up. We did talk two weeks ago about the drama consuming Game Changer Wrestling with a GCW truther uh, with a situation with Atticus Koger. GCW's Brett Lauderdale, the owner of GCW, and the fact that uh, Atticus will no longer be in GCW. Right. We waited a little while, and then we found out this past weekend, or before before the weekend technically, that Atticus Coger was going to do an interview on his 440 brethren and friend Gregory Iron. We, we also love Gregory Iron. Yes. He's going to do an interview there. Break the silence. So Atticus does the interview. Atticus comes across as very uh, respectful. Gotta, I'm going to say that. A mm-hmm. uh, little bit of backdoor condescending, and I, I just being honest. And I'm going to just throw this out there. My opinions of Atticus Coger and 440 say the same. I love 440. I love Ricky Shane Page. I love Eric Ryan. I love everybody. I love Atticus. I still do. I'm a fan. Fan, period. Doesn't matter anything that's been said that I'm going to say here. Right. I'm just going to give you the cleft notes. If you want to go through, you can Anyways, Atticus goes on. He says that uh, uh, opportunities arose. A little incident, you know, says that, uh, you know, ethically, morally, whatever, philosophically, him and GCW grew apart. He said the GCW locker room was toxic and full of drugs. Um, what's good? I said it was impressive. He said the, the bucking was fine, blah, 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 blah. Uh, when asked if uh, he had any bad feelings, none from Circle Six, but talked to Brett about that. Got a backdoor shot. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was anything else big that he really brought up. He mentioned Ricky Shane Page and his treatment or Eddie only not getting paid for uh, the Hammerstein show, uh, etc. Or was that War Games? No, it was, it was the Hammerstein. The Hammerstein, show. okay. Eddie only. Uh, after all, War Games, RSP was gone. So. Okay. So upon hearing this, the owner of GCW, Brett Lauderdale, went on to, twi- uh, went on to Patreon. Did a, because uh, he's going to answer to the people who support GCW the most, and that's the patrons. And he goes on and he says, I'm going to have a rebuttal. And uh, it was about 52 minutes and it was a rebuttal to uh, things that he said. He admitted that he did not listen to the interview himself, but Kevin Kevin Gill, Kevin KG, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, he listened to the whole thing. Other people listened to the whole thing. So he had the notes and he didn't say anything out of out of line. So he knew what he was said. 
uh, things that he addressed because I think they're important. He First of all, he said in the beginning that he was not going to feed into any rumor mills or gossip. So there was things that he was not going to talk about either because he didn't want to feed rumor or because he couldn't due to litigation. Hmm. Very, very clues. There's yes. clues. There's little clues. He starts off by saying what I think was the most important thing he said. He said, Atticus makes this sound like this is something that was uh, uh, mutual. Like, like it was something that it was like a horror, the, the, the outlaw leaving town. It was mutual, whatever, you know, respectful. Let's, let's get this straight. Atticus was let go. He was fired from GCW. He knows why he was fired. But he, I promise you don't, he doesn't want me to tell you why he was fired. He would go on to say, before anybody makes any things up in their head, what he was fired for or let go for had not anything to do with him, but the people he chooses to surround himself with and do business with. Their actions. He goes on to say about the toxic locker room and drugs. He said, I don't think it's toxic. A lot of people like our locker room. Secondly, drugs. Listen, everybody here is adults. I'm sure they party their own ways. They let off steam in their own ways. As long as I'm not their father and I don't have them under contract, I can only have a talk with them if I get out of line. And I do. If I think, you know, first of all, I don't want to allow that before matches. And afterwards, if it becomes a problem, I have done everything from pulling a guy to the side and saying, hey, get a little out of line. You may want to pull that back. Yeah. Two, he was like, and this was the, one of the weird ones because he was like, I don't know if I should tell this. But because it goes into like things that I shouldn't bring up for legal reasons. But at the same time, I think I owe it to the fans and I'll explain more. And he said basically how he put it, and this is a, once again paraphrasing, he said that there was an incident where he put friendship and things first. Uh, recently, he's done it before, but recently, where he took money away from the company because said person wasn't on show. And on top of taking money away from the company, he also took money out of his pocket and contacted other people to ensure that that person could go somewhere to get better. Hmm. The reason he had to do this is because, as he said, Atticus likes to say, toxic people, the toxic people help this situation get out of control. Those same toxic people are the people you're surrounding yourself and doing business with. Hmm. So he said... That if you're going to talk about shit like that, you should know the word hypocrisy because that's what you're doing. You're being a hypocrite. He would go on to say that the uh, he wouldn't uh, when asked about RSP, he was asked a couple times. One of the things he kind of danced around about giving an answer without giving an answer. Uh, basically, it boiled down to the nutshell is that he liked everybody in four four zero. He said Gregory Irons a soldier, nice guy, soldier. Anything he was asked, he always did. Very generous, very thankful. Loves Greg Iron. If there's a chance I could do business in the future, absolutely. Eddie only. He explained that, first of all, yes, after I heard that, I went into my records, and somehow it got mixed up. I didn't pay him through PayPal. I thought I did, but when you're paying as many people as I am, especially for a show like Hammerstein, some people goes through. I I didn't see the message that he sent me. That is on me. He, I was like, he's like, as soon as I confirmed that I had not paid him through the PayPal that I've had from him for years, I rectified that situation right away once I knew about it. Okay. Case closed. I'm once again. Yeah. I owned understand. Up to an, an I got he owned it. up. 
But he also said Eddie Only, very pleasure to work with. They didn't get a long time working with him, but every time he was there, very respectful. He said Eddie Only used to come to town even before 440, help put together the ring and stuff just so he could get a spot somewhere. Very nice, very respectful. He said that Bobby Beverly, amazing, respectful. He said Eric Ryan, hell, he was there before 440. They were booking, you know, Eric Ryan back then. Mm. And, uh, you know, Eric Ryan's a great talent in the ring. Always good to work with. He said, so when people think that there was a problem with 4-4-0, I think what I just told you, I think it's instead of this widespread problem with 4-4-0, it was a little more isolated. Yeah. Leading you to believe, and earlier when he answered the question, of course, critics RSP, he said there could only be one top guy. I wish everybody could be on top. So I'm thinking RSP wanted to be the top guy. He's like, eh. Yeah. RSP might have thought he was bigger than John Moxley. Eh. Maybe thought he was bigger than Nick Gage. Eh. And I love RSP. Mm-hmm. Not shitting on him. Just saying. Sometimes you got to know your lane. So, in a roundabout of things, it was kind of basically like, hey, this is what happened. Here's what's going on. And it kind of sounds to me, and I could be wrong, don't want to talk out of church. Mm-hmm. Sounds like to me that there's issues on both sides, and unless somebody wanted to bury the other side, we'd never find out. Right. I do want to point out that Atticus said that it was absolutely a joke and did not happen of him being kicked out of a hotel room. He did address that particularly, so I got to say kudos to him. He's like, I wasn't kicked out of any fucking... I wrestled the next day. Yeah, I was going to say that that was the only kind of flaw in that story. Uh, and they both alluded, and Brett more so than than Atticus, that uh, he was the, the... There was big matches planned for him for WrestleMania weekend. The, the goal was always to make him the guy. Yeah. So, there's that. I have some speculations. I'm not going to talk about here because I'm not speculating. But I have some speculations. I, I, if anybody wants to reach out to me privately, I will speculate with you. But I, I don't think it's good to use our platform to, no, to spread bullshit not. rumors no. and lies. And it's not even bullshit rumors and lies because this is just my speculation from what I draw together. I will talk to you about it after because I'm sure you're intrigued. Yeah. And I'm only saying that because, once again, that's not what we do here. Now, with that being said, I did say already, I'm a fan of Atticus Coger. I'm a fan of 440. I'm a fan of GCW and I can like it all. Mm-hmm. It's not me that has to choose. And whether these decisions or whatever happened causes anything, that's not important. What's important is the wrestling and the entertainment. And what's important, though, is celebrating a brand new company. Yes. Because out of all of this, Circle Six has come around. And Circle Six is the new wrestling promotion ran by Mike G. I can't say his last name, so I'll just say Mike G. And Atticus Coger, it's going to be located on the West Coast, Los Angeles, to be specific. And they're going to have their first show upcoming this Saturday, March 19th. Pretty awesome, huh? Yeah, it's dope. So uh, what we found out about Circle Six briefly, because we didn't find out a ton. We only have a few uh, cards for this match, but it's a, the first, we found something out later on. This is going to be a different company. He said that this is going to be a company, he said, drama-free. Good luck with that because in the wrestling business, whatever. But I I don't care about all that. But what he said, what's going to make them different is they're going to have rules. Every match is going to have rules. So the standard wrestling rules, you know, the 10 count, the count out, disqualification, will all be in effect at Circle 6 unless otherwise specified. That's why one of their big main events is specified as a no disqualification match because there will be no disqualifications. Makes sense. So I think that's cool. It is something different. Every wrestling company out there has kind of forgotten about the rules that's not on television. He's got a point. The way to be different in indies maybe is this way. I, I'm, I'm intrigued. But Circle Six first show is called Skewered. Obviously, after what Atticus likes to do to his opponents. Yes. 
And that, like I said, is going to be on March 19, 2022. At the time of the interview with Gregory Iron, he did not know if it was going to be, he didn't know where it was going to be streaming, but he said it would be. We found out. Ladies and gentlemen, it is official. It will be live and free on twitch.tv slash circle six underscore CO. So twitch.tv slash circle six underscore CO. It will be live this upcoming Saturday, March 19th from the 1720 warehouse in Los Angeles, California. It will be 8 p.m. Pacific time. So that means it will have an 11 p.m. start time in the East Coast. If you're living in the East Coast, figure out your time zone from there. Of course, I'm sure it'll be up longer than just live. So make sure you tune in. If you don't want to stay up and it's late for you, that's fine. But they got a lot of cool things going on. They have one, two, three matches announced. They have another partial match announced so far. And they have a list of guys that's going to be on the show. Are you ready for Let's break this talk about bit? this, man? I'm excited. Brand new, about brand this new one. promotion. So, first of all, they are not currently booked in a match, but we know. Well, they don't have opponents. We know from that interview, an exclusive from that interview, was that Gregory Iron, Bobby Beverly, and Eddie Only will be tagging in a six man tag, opponents to be determined. No, sir, no real 4-4-0 surprise. 4 0 versus opponents to be determined. No real surprise there, but I'm excited to see this match, though. Of course, in action that doesn't have any art. Let's throw it out there. The man himself, Atticus Coger, in action. No opponent yet. Like I said, to be figured, but you know. Masada will be in action. No opponent yet. Robert Martyr, who I was talking about earlier, will be in action. Vinny Massaro will be in action. And more. Those are just the, the, the names now. There's a full card. This is going to be a great card. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you that right now. As more comes out, it'll be a great card. Here's what we have so far, though. In a singles match, this one will have rules. Ricky Shane Page, RSP of 440, will take on the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. That is going to be a hell of a match. They wrestled a long time ago in the past. Yeah, I was going to say. We're going to revisit it. It's been a few years. In a singles match, also with rules. Big Bad Brody King, AEW talent now. He's going to go one-on-one with the Star Destroyer, Biff Busick. Get a mouth guard for this match, because even if you're watching at home, you're going to be feeling this. And last but not least, I teased this earlier, West Coast Pro Wrestling, they did some things with Prestige this past weekend. West Coast Pro Wrestling this Saturday is going to do some business with Circle Six, because the West Coast Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Championship will be on the line in a no-disqualification match as the West Coast Pro World Champion, Jacob Fatu, the Samoan Werewolf, goes one-on-one, mind you, in a no-DQ match, with Schlack. <laughs> you want to talk about a hard-hitting match? I... Can we just say is this no disqualification mean deathmatch? Because pretty that, much that could might roll into this. Pretty much, pretty much. But that is what we have listed currently for the Circle Six show going down this upcoming Saturday night. Like I said, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Pacific. And I, I for one, I'm ready. I'm ready to see this new company. How are you feeling about Circle Six? I'm very excited to see this. I mean, I I like four four zero. I'm big Atticus Kogar fan. So to see them on the card and, and actually going to be wrestling, and we're not going to have some drama going on. I'm excited to see this. And I know when this card, this company was announced, we were very intrigued by this. 
And like, listen, you had me at Fallen Angel versus RSP. And let alone you put Brody King and Biff Busick in this. Like, this is the kind of card, if you really want to make a statement, especially with how the indie scene is blowing up right now, this is a perfect way to do it. Like I said, I'm excited to see who they're going to bring in for 4-4-0 and see that six-man tag. I'm excited to see who Atticus is going to face. Because, like I said, the fact they're being hush-hush about this is very telling. I can tell you they made an announcement. Ooh. In a Taipei death match. Oh, shoot. The Bevs, Bobby Beverly, is going to go one-on-one with Vinny Massaro. So they took him out of the six-man. Okay. So maybe Ryan, maybe uh, we're going to get Eric Ryan in that six-man. But Bobby Beverly, Vinny Massaro, Taipei death match. That could get out of control. Yeah, so they added that. Of course, if you want to stay up to date with everything Circle Six, it's on Twitter. They're at Circle Six underscore CO, just like it's twitch.tv slash Circle Six underscore CO for this weekend. Circle Six kickoff show will be going down. I can't wait for it. First row's already sold out, they said. Second row is only eight tickets left. It's 10 days away, and this was the other five days ago. So <laughs> the, that might be wrong now. But they haven't updated it this week yet. No, but this is the time to jump on board now. And especially if you can't make it out to the show, definitely check it out on Twitch. Like, you never know what you're going to see at an indie show like this. I'm expecting some big surprises, especially with the hype surrounding this. I mean, Atticus and company are going to want to make a statement with this sh- with this showcase. So I'm fully expecting them to deliver. I also want to go and say this, if you're checking it out, uh, as you should. And even if you can't check it out Saturday night, check it out Sunday, because I'm sure they're going to leave it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as uh, a company, it's pretty cool. I don't know if they still have this deal. For a little bit, they gave out their shirts for free. But I do know that you can pay six sixty six plus shipping and handling and get a shirt if you go to their website. So go to their Twitter, sign up for their website. I do believe it's just circle6.com. Uh, but go ahead and check, double check that. It is on their, web, it is on their Twitter page. And uh, I think you can still get the $6.66 shirt. Definitely go check that out. So there you go. Support indie wrestling Support who you like, and even if there's drama, it's it's okay. All right, Kenham, another action-packed. We still went far. We still had a lot to talk. Even though it was a smaller subjects, we had a lot to talk about. Yes, we did. I think we covered a lot of ground, and we had a lot of fun doing it. Always. Always. I try, I try to bring the excitement, the infliction in the voice, get you excited and riled up. That's what you should do. All right, by the way, announcement time for us. I, I announced it on Twitter, but in case anybody's wondering. Myself and Ken M are open for commentary bookings for pro wrestling companies. So if your pro wrestling company is looking for quality commentators, whether it's live at the event or remotely, mm-hmm. hit us up at threefenderspod at gmail.com. Serious inquiries only. Yes. And we will bring expertise to your show in commentating. And we do a damn good job if I say so myself. So there you go. It is official. So anybody out there looking for commentators, whether it is to go to the show or to do it remotely, because I know some people do that, or even if it's the post tape, if it's for people who put out DVDs or whatever still, and they want us to post tape it, let us know. We can make anything possible. There's always deals to be made. So if you want to take your company to the next level and uh, go with two good commentators, who will not come onto your show and say shit like bum fizzled (laughs) and won't embarrass you with our lack of wrestling knowledge because we have more than enough. Plus give you the power 
of all that we have to offer between our podcasting and our streaming and the, just the verified fucking numbers, and you're serious about making a run, give us a call. We're ready to work. But only for serious inquiries only. Exactly. We don't waste time. Not wasting my time. Not wasting your time either if you're not serious about it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Listen, good commentating will take a will take a decent show into being a great show. That's not just me saying it to book myself. I'm saying that even if you don't book us. If you don't book us and you're somewhere else and you book somebody else, if you're a wrestling promoter, because I know a bunch of them listen to this show, I know because I've had them message me about different things that they're very happy that we talk about when we peek the curtain back and all that happy jazz because we're respectful about it and everything else. But I'm going to say this. I, 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 I follow a couple different people who said these, these gems, and we've said it forever. Production is key. Good production will set your company aside from companies who are just phoning it in. I don't know how many shows I've tuned, turned on and looked at the shitty camera, the shitty lighting, and the shitty commentating and went, not today, Satan. And I don't care if there's somebody on that show I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. The difference is good commentating, good production, good quality is going to get you further in life. People want to see something that's good. And if, you, if, you're, if you're, you're proud of your product, you should be. Let's make the most of it. And that's not just me saying it. If you don't hire us, hire somebody who's dead. You know, Veda Scott's out there doing the Lord's work. Yeah, she's killing it right now. Veda Scott, if I hear Veda Scott on commentary for a company, I'm going to stay and listen because I know it's not going to be trash. West Coast Pro has a great commentary booth right now, which includes Veda Scott. Prestige has a great commentary booth that includes Veda Scott, but she has partners from there. There's plenty of places that have great commentary. I mean, as much as I shit on Kevin Gill, KG... Hey, Dave Prezak and KG kill it in GCW. Mm-hmm. Sometimes sometimes KG makes me want to yank my fucking hair out, but for as much shit as we all give him, it could be worse. It's true. Trust me, I can point you in the direction of a few different indie companies right now that could have that have great matches on paper, and oh boy, shaky cam and shit fucking commentary, and I'm just like, I can't sit through this anymore. I got seasick. Seasick. Let's hire better production. Let's hire, you know, it is what it is. Go out, buy good cameras. Reinvest in the company. I want to say this to everybody because there's a lot of hate out there from some indie companies on GCW. You know why GCW is successful, Ken M? I'm going to tell you why they're successful. Because money that comes into the company, they put back into the company. They pay for a production company. Actually, they pay for multiple production companies. It's true. They, they, they have a presence on Twitter and on Instagram. They have a presence on TikTok. They have a presence wherever there's wrestling fans to be had. They go to shows. They do. They listen to the fans. If there's enough fans, let's just say in Atlanta, Georgia, where they just debuted, guess what? We're going to go try to debut there because there's enough fans that want to see the product. And when you show up and show out, they're going to come back. That's why. That's why they're traveling the country and spending a lot of money, but they're making a lot of money and they're putting it back in. That's why we've gone from the shit days of production in GCW, because you remember those days. We've been watching that long. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not shittier than some places we watched. This is true. But it was bad. (laughs) That's true. To now where that shit's looking crisp and we have instant replays on demand on live fucking feeds. Remember, there used to be a time where the audio would cut out. When they went to Instant Replay, guess what? Not no more. We got these flashy packages over there at Game Changer Wrestling. And that is why every time somebody tunes in or shows up live, they're getting something good. And my thing to wrestling companies and promoters out there is to do that. And we're going to do our part. If you would like us to commentate your events, and and don't be driving off. If you don't want me to swear, trust me, I'm professional. I cannot swear. Mm -hmm. If you want me to swear, then fuck it. All bets are off. We're going to have a lot of fun. 
Tell me what you want and we'll make it happen. So we're offering it out there to make some products better. If you would like to take that route, if you don't want to take that route and you hear my voice, cause it might be too much. Maybe you're somewhere in the Midwest and you know, flying a couple people in or paying us to drive, which uh, eh, yeah. is, 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 is quite expensive. Let's be honest. Uh, you know, and you're not doing it remotely. Maybe that's too much. Then find somebody who's, who's good at it. Look at some local podcasters, look at some, you know, podcasters are great advantage to people in commentary, especially ones that have been doing a show for years. Because they're used to talking at a microphone, just like we are now. They're used to being on a headphones. They're used to spur of the moment, usually. I mean, you got to choose the right ones. Don't choose one that's overly edited. I'm not saying anything bad about podcasts that are overly edited. I know we do it live here on 607 TWS. But the ones that are overly edited, sometimes that means they ain't talking so well because they're cutting shit out. Yeah. I don't trust any podcast where I can't hear an um once in a while. Mm Mm-hmm. I know we have a lot of friends that disagree with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe even some listening right now. They will cut every mm, ah, out of their conversation. But the reason I don't trust this is I know you cut that shit out. Make it as authentic as possible because that's what's going to happen when you go live. Because guess what? I'm pretty good at this. I'm, I'm, I'm not chewing my own heart. I'm pretty good at talking on a microphone. But there's occasionally where I have to go, mm. you hear it here live on 607 mm. TWS. Why? Because I don't know the fucking answer to everything off the top of my head. Come on. But that's why you get the real and you get the live. Nothing scripted here. It's not all pre-planned. That's right, baby. We rolling. We're rolling, daddy. We rolling right in into the future. Woo! Next week, we're going to talk about Circle Six and their debut show. Uh, next week, uh, there'll probably be definitely more AEW news and WWE news. I'm sure next week, we'll also be talking about GCW going to the Roxy. So yeah, that's, coming, that's up. coming up. That's coming up a week from Thursday, by the way. So it's that's such a random Thursday day, show. too. Well, it's the only day they could book it. Yeah, I know, but still, it's just like it's weird. And that's their final stop. On the road to Dallas, Texas, and the collective WrestleMania weekend. So that's a good build up. Of course, we're on the road to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. That's going to be amping up. We'll bring those news, everything that happens there. Man, it's goddamn, it's a good time to be a wrestling It's fan. a good time to be a wrestling fan. So definitely go out and support what you love. Be fans. Don't be toxic. And if your company put the money back in your product to make it worth the fans' while. Before we go into close, I got one more challenge. I think this is a good challenge. I think you're going to like this. I think that's going to be my, our new challenge from now on. I challenge every single person who hears this show. And I know there's, a, there's quite a few. We are fucking, we are definitely humbled by that. I take my hat off, but uh, my headphones are attached to it. I don't want to lose everything. So, but we are very grateful and thankful for that. Absolutely. So if I can say one challenge that I want to make a, a normal on this show, and I think this is why we talk about a lot of independence. This is why we talk about Ring of Honor when it's back up and running. This is why we talk about Impact Wrestling. This is why we talk about everything in New Japan, everything that you could watch. My challenge is this week, before next to the next show, whether you join the chat or not, whether you listen to us on podcast or the rerun on Twitch, or if you listen to it live, I want you to watch one wrestling show, one wrestling show, an independent show. You don't have to pay for it. Look it up on YouTube. Yep. Plenty of places. If you need a place for me to ask, give it. we gave you a great show on Sunday. Yeah. Sunday, JCW. Sunday, Sunday. JCW's got a great card going down. Game Changer Wrestling's YouTube page. Absolutely free. We gave you another great card. If you're into a, you know, we don't know what the, how this first show is going to go, so be on the cusp of something new because Saturday night, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Pacific, or on replay on twitch.tv slash circle six underscore co. C-O. Co. That's, I'm just hoping, I'm just trying to get everybody right. There's another free option for you. But there's tons of free options. There's hybrid wrestling. There's a ton. You put pro wrestling into YouTube, you're going to get free shit. You look at Twitch, you're going to find free shit. Mm -hmm. 
I'm just saying, watch something. Just put the work in. And guess what? If you want to go out there and spend that $9.99 and get IWTV, I promise you, if you're, a, if you're a diehard wrestling fan like myself, like Ken, and like other people who listen to this show, you're going to enjoy that. And that. I get no kickback from you doing that. It's just quality product that we like to plug. Because we want you to be better fans and enjoy what we do. See, everybody gets so caught up in the toxicity of AEW versus WWE. It's like there's so much better stuff out there right now. You just have to go look for it. That's why you listen to shows like this, because we're giving you ideas where to go. If you're tired of the same old shit, here's something new. So my challenge to y'all is to watch something, even if it's older. I don't care if you find something that's that's, that's a few years old, 10 years old, 20 years old. Go back and watch some Masawa videos from New Japan that you can find, or New Japan or All Japan or Pro Wrestling Noah that you can find on the internet. So you're going to find them. You can Mm -hmm. find them. It's not stealing. It's not pirating. Just do it. Enjoy. Go back and watch some old matches with with Scott Hall. Rest in peace, Scott Hall. Yes, once again, absolutely. and you know what? Find some matches with Scott Hall. If you didn't, if you didn't get to see like Padawan Jay in the in the in, in our chat, I love you, Pad. But you didn't get you didn't you like you said you don't watch nineties wrestling. Go back, check out some Razor Ramon versus Bret Hart action. Mm-hmm. I guarantee any Razor Ramon versus Bret Hart match, you will not be disappointed. Facts. Go back, watch Razor Ramon versus Diesel when they when Diesel first came in. Mm-hmm. We'll go back and watch Razor Ramon versus Dean Douglas, a.k.a. Shane Douglas. Oh, that was a great feat. Go back and watch Razor Ramon versus the one, two, three kid. Great story there. There are so many great things you can watch from the past. You can do that on the Peacock. You can do that on the interwebs. You can do that on YouTube. Type in Scott Hall's best matches on YouTube. I guarantee you'll get highlights. Yes. Him and That's Shawn Michaels, my challenge. Man. So even if you don't, yeah, him and Shawn Michaels. Oh, yeah. WrestleMania ten yeah. ladder always, match. Always, always stands out to me, dude. Watch all of WrestleMania ten. Go for it. It's yeah. a great show. But once again, and we're in WrestleMania season, so it's perfect time. Perfect time. But once again, I'm just saying, a show you haven't watched. If it's Independence you want to dive into, find an indie you might like. If you want to dive into IWTV and pay for it, that's fine. If you want to dive into an event on Fight TV and pay for it, that's fine. You don't have to. You can go to YouTube. We gave you two choices tonight that we booked. That well, we didn't book. Sorry, yeah. I misspoke. We gave you two choices tonight that we plugged. Ugh, can't talk right now. This is why you know it's live, folks. Fuck it, do it live. But you know, if not, just watch the Peacock and watch some shit you've never seen before, man. And whether I like the Peacock all the time or not, guess what? At least they have it there. And that's all I'm saying. You want you want my opinion? Go back if you've never seen it. WrestleMania three. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat oh. versus the Macho Man Randy Savage and quite possibly the greatest wrestling match that ever happened. Possibly. It's, it's, it's not. The, it's in the top 10. It's in the I discussion. Promise you, I promise you there's not a wrestling fan that does not have that in the top fucking 10. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. That's what I'm challenging. And I'm going to challenge that every week now. And if you want to reach out to me and find out something that you watch or if I have some suggestions, you can do that at 3 Fat Pod. You want to reach out to Ken M.? And find out if he's got some suggestions. I guarantee he does too. Mm-hmm. At OD Parley Hour on Twitter. We live on Twitter. You can get us all of those other places, but we live on Twitter. And we're bringing that positivity. You want something indie? You want an indie fed that you can dive into that I can tell you where to get it? Ask me. You want an indie match? You want an old school match? You want something? We'll get you. We'll get you there. We'll take care of you. We'll help you out. But that's my challenge from now on. Let's make wrestling positive. Let's watch the good stuff. We can have opinions. If your opinions are bad of something, that's fine. But you can be respectful and bad. We don't have to be so toxic. We can do this. I promise. That's our mission statement here at 607 TWS from here going forward. With that being said, Ken M, 
Tell the fine folks how to find you with the ODPH. Very simple. Swing on over to ODPHpodcast.com. Join the conversation on social media. Check out Blogs Count Anywhere under the Parlay Points blog section. Got a new wrestling blog up today. Also, the directory, the T Public Store, anything that's the ODPH can be found at ODPHpodcast.com. Three Fat Nerds Podcast. Find us at 8122productions.com. T Public Store is there. Link to this Twitch channel is there. Link to our Patreon, patreon.com slash 8122productions. For as little as one dollar a month, you get to support the show, get a ton of bonus content, and and help everything we do here from streaming to podcasting, everything else. Patreon.com slash eight one two two productions. And if there's enough interest, we will do some wrestling stuff on there too as well. Uh, we just have to gauge interest. That's how we do this. Uh, of course, last but certainly not least, you can find everything that's there. But like I said it before, all social medias, three fat nerds pod, throw it at in front of it if you have to. Best way to find and get a hold of me, and we will talk about whatever you want to talk about. All right, Kenem, now it's time to say goodbye. And as we always do, we'll take you out with our good friend's second suitor to the song is One Winged Angel. Find it on Bandcamp, YouTube Music, Spotify. Support the show out second suitor because we support them. And they support us. And it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. So, Kenem, until next week, when we talk more pro wrestling, next Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, twitch.tv slash 607 podcast daddy. Till then, for myself, for Ken M, for the Three Fat Nerds, for the Ocho Duro Parley Hour Podcast, for 607TWS and 607 Podcast, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and later, wrestling fans! Yeah.
she's walking towards me, a smile I see, connect from the top ropes, one.